When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Craig Wallace and Oshaman of the Black Tower. May the light shine on you. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering the Eye of the World, chapters 27 through 34. Yeah, man, it is getting good. As That's all I can say. Is we As we continue to dive into the series... Um, I am just becoming more and more uh, gripped into this story. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets better and better. We were actually talking um, just moments ago before we started, like I told you I'm, I'm into book four now again, but going back to like some of the stuff that happens later on uh, in this book and then even the next book, I'm I'm just like, I, I keep telling you, I can't wait for you to get to certain parts because I just want to discuss and like have these epic moments, but I gotta, I gotta take my time. Like right now, like Matt and Rand, gotta push through all these villages. I mean, can we just get to Camelin? Like it's where we're headed. But yeah, dude, it's it's getting it's getting good. And and honestly, some really interesting things happen. I, I kind of forgot. Like like he really like the story escalates. Your characters really get developed pretty quickly. But at the same time, you know, you have such a long time for them to go through even more character development. It's just. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really cool, and I'm I'm pumped to see what uh, see what you thought about these chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, again, you know, I said this last week, but uh, or last time, I should say. Uh, man, it feels like you know, not too long ago, we were just waiting around for Beltine, gonna go, and now here we are. Now everyone's all split up, and everyone's we're into separate groups here, and that's what really uh, we're going to be discussing today. Is now everyone we got like essentially three groups going on. Um, you got Matt and Rand, uh, Perrin and Egwene, Nynaeve, Lan, and Moraine. Um, and so we're kind of bouncing back and forth between their chapters now that they're all not not together. So um, in the chapters we're discussing today, uh, you know, it's like, well, here's what's kind of going on with these people. Here's what's going on with these people. Here's what's going on with these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's sort of uh, you. You actually asked me too. Like at some point, do characters kind of crisscross back and stuff like that? And it's like, yeah. But by the end of the series, people are, they're all over the map, and it's it is really interesting who they interact with and stuff. So, so yeah, it's because right now you know our band is split up, and we we have to imagine that hopefully they're they're each trying to get back together with with the other. They're like either do we wait, do we press on, uh, do we stick with the plan originally? Are are they going to meet us up in you know Camelin? What's what's going to happen? So. It, yeah pretty cool yeah absolutely so uh all right well as how you doing man uh doing good uh doing good just trying to um yeah like like keep it's it's uh it's funny for me when I, when i come back to this because like i am just for my own purposes and just to keep sort of everything fresh and think about where things are going like i'm pushing ahead in the series and then to come back uh here is it's really interesting i'm almost like each time we come back and do an episode, I'm combing back through because I'll re-listen to the chapters, re-expose myself there, and it's just great. It's just it's really good. So it makes me feel good. It's it's something uh, we were talking the other day, being in all the different fandoms that that we are in with other podcasts and stuff. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. I'll I'll say this like like I have to really get geared up and like all day today at work. I was just thinking, you know, um, wheel of time, and I'm just thinking like these characters and where they're at, what they're going through. And, and it's also crazy because like, I start to see so many different connections between these different uh, fandoms, you know, between game of Thrones, between uh, wheel of time and Lord of the Rings, like, and even Narnia, like I'm, I'm sort of, I'm getting a little like, I don't know, like, like overload sometimes. Cause I mm -hmm. see different like patterns and themes and, and stuff. And it's why I love stories so much. So it's just, it's great. I don't know. I guess I'm doing, I'm doing well and I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, we had some, um, it's some bad weather here like last week actually. And so, uh, you know, I was like, and more coming later this week. So like the wind, uh, the, the winter storm is, is here. They talk about winter in this book a lot and how, you know, it, it's like, seems like everything's sort of like, I don't know, crops aren't growing. Things aren't the way they're supposed to be. The weather's all jacked up. And I kind of feel like in Ohio sometimes it's just up and down. It's just all over the place. You know this. You used to live here. Like, mm -hmm. it's just crazy. So it went from being, like, super cold and, and uh, snowstorm to, like, you know, 40, 50 degrees. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, people people ask me, like, what's winters like in Ohio? And I was like, well, at first you need to understand how weather works in the Midwest. Um, yeah. You know, everything hits the Great Lake and just amplifies. So hit the Great Lakes and amplifies. I mean... That's why in spring and fall you can start out and it's thirty five, and then uh, come around two o'clock it's seventy. I mean, mm -hmm. you need a, you almost need a winter coat in the morning, and then t shirt and shorts oh. uh, by about two o'clock. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. People, they, people from yeah, certainly where I live in the West Coast, it's just so different, um, and the, the, the weather patterns. So, yeah, yeah. That's good. So, hey, uh, how you been? I heard uh, you know you got some upgrades going on over there, and, and it's true. Uh, I did my internet. Did I did, uh, the internet guy came today? The CenturyLink guy doubled our internet speed, so that's great. Um, that, speaking of which, uh, should we kind of tell people what we've, we've got planned? Uh, oh with, yeah, with a lot of our podcasts. Yeah, so we're gonna be introducing um, video. We're gonna be doing. We're gonna start recording the all of our podcasts across the board on video as well so for those of you that would prefer to say watch it on youtube um you certainly can uh just webcams of of ezra and myself um so you'll have that uh available to you as well if your preferred platform is uh youtube uh you know right now 
all of our episodes are on YouTube. They just post a stock image. It just goes straight from Podbean, who's our provider, uh, and, and goes there. So whether you like to listen on iTunes or Stitcher, um, some people do uh, use YouTube as their as their search feature, and they kind of like to watch or have that uh, there. But you will have that um, option as well. Uh, we're rolling it out on, across all of our shows. Um, and so... Probably sometime by the end, uh, certainly of, of next month, I'm getting ready to go on vacation for a couple of days, um, going to Las Vegas, uh, not because it's Valentine's Day weekend. It just happens to be <laughs> Valentine's Day weekend. My girlfriend yeah. has, has family there. And um, so we're going to be do, uh, doing that. And then we get back. We're going to start um, Ezra and I have already been working on, you know, overlays and all that kind of stuff to make it look good. Um, and so here Heroes of the Horns will be coming as well uh, here in the next couple of weeks. I don't have we don't have a firm date exactly yet, um, but it, it will it is coming. So certainly stay tuned for that. And uh, that'll be cool for those of you that would prefer to that want to watch us. Wa- yeah. Watch yeah. Us on, on YouTube. I thought it, I thought it was really important that you know when when Sir Matt says uh, to make it look good, I, I asked him if there was an overlay that would just like cover over like you know seventy five percent of my camera feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I know, mean, just just show off the books, buddy. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm wondering. Yeah, I was I was I was wondering. You know, is there a way to just uh, you know incorporate Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio's faces right. over ours? <laughs> right? Is there is there some yeah. sort of some sort of of, of uh, feature or uh, effect right. that that could do that or you know perhaps shave off about 40 pounds um <laughs> that'd be great if we could, if we could find that, so. oh dude yeah it's, it's i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and and like what'll be neat is is all the books i have behind me i like to kind of pull those off and, and you'll mm-hmm. hear me sometimes if you listen close on the podcast like i am we're flipping through pages we um i have the actual book uh sir matt's got the what do you got a kindle was it? Uh, yeah, I well, I yeah. have it on my uh, laptop in front of me. I do have, okay, a, yeah. and I do have a Kindle as well. So that's, I, or sometimes I'm on my, I have it on on my phone. Yeah. Um. So that's certainly where I have it. I have it in front of me on a Kindle. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, a- anyways, I just think it'd be kind of neat because uh, I've I've gotten into a little bit of an uh, like an, an obsession, and I have to tell folks about this. So, I uh, and you know this, sir Matt. Like I have been going to every half price I can here in Ohio, and I may be traveling out of state. Okay, to go get these hardback editions of the Wheel of Time series. Like I just I'm you know, they're they're reprinting stuff and they're making it in this whole new like they have new covers now. Have you seen the new covers, by the way, for all the I have I have They're They're cool. I still love the original artwork. Yeah. Um, You know, but but I use the Kindle version anyway. So, I mean, but I I do. But I do like that old school art style. Yeah, I, and I and I just like having it on my shelf, you know. And I, I, I'm I'm absolutely crazy. I I will get the hardback edition so I can just keep it on the shelf. I mm. might every once in a while, you know. I like to I like to when I'm having my moments, I'm walking around pacing. I like to pull it off the shelf and just you know gently flip through the book, okay, and go to a passage or whatever. But then I got the paperback versions, which that was where I first started to notice that they were changing the the uh, covers because I wanted to get all of these paperbacks. Uh, I had some and I had some that were like super old and falling apart. Um, but then I, I was like, no, nah, I just want to get new ones clean, crisp and make my notes and everything for the podcast and have it all in one one spot. So, uh, yeah, that's been kind of fun. But I, I am just like I have to go get as many of these, um, you know, additions as I can. Why? I have no idea. I have no idea why I'm obsessed with the art, with the covers and the book and just having them. And so, you know, somebody like saw a picture of my uh 
you know, the, the growing collection. And they were like, why do you have two and three different, you know, versions why of not? this book? And it was like, yeah, well, you know, it was on sale. What do you want? 10%, 20% off. I was like, well, you know, have to. Got to get it. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it would be kind of cool to, to see all of that. And uh, and then hopefully as the we get more stuff on the show, you know, they'll, we'll have things to kind of display in the background uh, and everything. It'll, it'll be, I think it's going to be really neat. And I'm, I'm just kind of excited for it. Uh, and it's another way to interact. You can just leave comments. You can do, um, you know, timestamp something on YouTube as well and have fun. Have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to the um, the YouTube aspect of it. We'll now be able to do live streams. Uh, we can on Twitch or our Facebook page group um youtube as well a live stream live stream there so it's just it's gonna be really cool really uh nice just being able to take the show into new um open it up to more people really uh you know more more people a different audience and and give you guys more content in a new kind of cool engaging way so yeah 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 and and if, if people are asking us you know why did you guys decide to to do this i mean it's a part of the pattern Okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, like it's like Moraine says, it's a part of the pattern, Lan. All right. So we did it because you know the the, the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. So here we here we are. Um. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see. Let's move over to the village council though. Uh. And only really two things I want to talk about today, which which would be that leaked photo. I had mm-hmm. to tag you in that. I saw that on. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, it's a, it's, I guess it's a leaked photo and I correct me if I'm wrong. If uh, anybody else saw this, you know, on, um, social media, but it looked like it was a, a, a set photo from the wheel of time production. Mm-hmm. That's what, that is certainly what it, that is certainly what it, what it looks like. Yeah. I, I, I kind of couldn't believe it. I was, it looks like it is. And I guess, I don't know. It's not even really a spoiler. I don't think, you know, there's two characters in it. Uh, you know, or you know, there are multiple characters, and one of them is uh, Rand, one is Matt, and it looked like it was those two standing there and and really cool looking clothes. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to see. It's like dark. It's it looks kinda, like it's, it's kind of dark. It looks like it looks to me like it takes place right after the Trolloc attack. Because mm-hmm. you would have to imagine right. that it would be it would be early in the series, but it is certainly the actors that they have cast as these two. Now it could be something incredibly doctored. Uh, I mean, somebody could yeah. have have done that, but. Um, <laughs> It, that to me it does look like a leaked photo which is cool yeah it was just kind of neat just to see like oh my gosh this is happening it's you know, like here we go and it doesn't uh, it, was, it doesn't mean it that it's, it, it doesn't even mean that it's actually it could be uh, principal photography you know you see that a lot sure hey stand yeah. here stand here um then they throw a green screen up you know in front of a green screen and then they have so then they'll you know concept are whatever do they is this the clothing that style that they're going to go with because i don't know that they have are they filming it has that been has it been See, announced that they started filming i know i know they certainly have the cast and that the cast has been together there's a picture of them on instagram yep. um and so that could be what it be is you know like they do it a lot where they bring people in hey try on this um you know, i remember i remember back oh man when was it uh was it it's Justice League or it might even have been Batman versus Superman when they had Jason Momoa come in? I think it was Justice League, like very early. And they had Jason Momoa come in and he was standing there and he had they they had him like obviously trying the armor. This is way before it was actually anything was really filmed, but they did release a picture of him in the Aquaman armor uh on 
Instagram, I remember it said like Unite the Seven, like the Seven Seas and all this stuff because it was like a big yeah. tease for Justice League, which was like two years out from even releasing. And so like clearly they weren't filming it then, but they had him come in, you know, and they did the same thing with Ben Affleck. There was a shot of him with the Batmobile and uh, for Batman or Superman that wasn't even in the movie at all. But so they do that a lot. Obviously, they have their cast. Now let's try stuff. And this, sometimes they take these pictures. And so I think that's what this is. I don't know that this is from yeah. an episode, but yeah, it, it was, it, you know, like the as you say, like like the costumes and, and what it's going to look like and all that kind of stuff is super important. So I, can, I could totally see that just being, you know, uh, them trying to get a, a look or a feel for maybe even a set or I don't know if they're that far along or what, what the deal is. But it looked cool and it was exciting. I, you know, I think her name, uh, who is it? Uh, Roseman Pike, right? She's mm-hmm. uh, playing Moraine. They had her and the rest of the cast were holding up their scripts. And so it looked like they I don't know if they took those photos a while back. And then and then now we're just hearing about, um, you know, we're just now seeing some of the titles for the first episodes, because that's kind of what they're showing us is the title. And then this is episode one, episode two. Uh, and they're just all it's pictures of the cast just holding up their script. So I feel like that stuff they've saved and they're just now posting. So I really don't know. We don't really know. I, I don't uh, where they're at on this. And if, if folks do and you want to send us a you know, a message about it. That'd be great. Um, the horn of Valir at gmail.com. Send it to me. I'd love to talk about it on the show. If, if anybody has some insider information, you know what, here's the thing. If somebody's on set and they want to email us and let us know what's going on or send us some, some top secret Leaks. stuff. Yeah. Let us know. I mean, we, you know, let the wheel weave, man. Let's go. Yeah. I, um, yes. Yeah. You want to send us some in, insider information, you know, we're fine with that. We're going to call you a dark friend for sure, but I mean, we're going to like, we're going to take your intel. So, but yeah. Um, so that was kind of neat. A little, a little excitement. Um, another thing uh, we always go over the poll here and, um, you know, I'm going to ask uh, Sir Matt this one. So would you rather have the power to talk to wolves uh, or learn how to channel the power? Wow. Well, um, I, I don't know, man, uh, because they talk a lot about how Moraine talks a lot about how cha- how men channeling the power is not really that good of a thing. And <laughs> yeah. so oh, right now the power to talk to wolves seems a little more useful and a little less dangerous. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. And that was something, you know, um, Lord James Hunter kind of mentioned that, uh, he, he said he would roll the dice and go with the one true power. <laughs> uh, maybe I won't go crazy. Right. Is, is sort of his thought. Um, Lady Amanda kind of said she wanted to be Doctor Doolittle, and and you know she she'd go with the wolves and talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Heather said, "Let's uh, talking to the wolves would be cool, but uh, it would be really cool to kind of be able to to wield the power, you know, channel the power, and, and you could do so much more with it." So yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh it's interesting, and we we learn about Elias, this character who can who can talk to wolves, and his eyes are glowing, and and just sort of a interesting guy. Really, so I I, I would uh, I can't wait to talk more about him, but yeah, these these powers are starting to emerge, and I this is one of the reasons why um, you know folks know that we we also cover Game of Thrones and, and Star Wars and other things, but like I love this series for this reason because we're in it, man. Like right out the gate in this book, like we've got powers that we can use. Like let's go. I mean, it's awesome, and sometimes it's not even necessarily that you that you have to learn it it's like because of need and necessity these things are thrust on you like the wheel is weaving and you just have to to go with it and even though you may try to to get out of what you your your destiny or whatever 
it has ways in which it's going to bend you back in and and you you're compelled almost in a sense to to adopt some of these um new gifts and take them on these powers and use them for good and our characters want to they're good you know uh good guys and, and well as far as we know right uh but yeah it's just really cool i don't know i i, I love that right out the gate here almost we're like what are we, like midway through the book and we're learning that you can do this thing this ancient thing of talking to wolves and it does sort of remind me right of like the starks and having yeah. that ability to to be a warg and i'm just sort of like this is uh interesting and and it's uh it's something that they almost deem elias well and, we, and actually i'm not sure i don't want to i don't want to jump ahead and be too spoiler-ish here but there's something there's more to this ability than just that you know so that i guess that's all i'll say um and and you can probably guess that each of these you know powers and the things that we're going to learn about right. are just going to continue to grow and have more uh dynamics to them but you can yeah. almost say that the power is a wolf in sheep's clothing Wow! <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we just lost half our listeners. Like they're and gone. We're done. They're and gone. We're, <laughs> we're done. We're done. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, it's part of the pattern. So it is. Um, okay. But no, wow. yeah. So so there we are. I mean, just a a little. I uh, would love for people to weigh in. I think the the results came out. Um, yeah, it was like it was like uh, ten to gosh, two. Ten to two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, chan channel the power. People are more interested in channeling the power. And it would be interesting to sort of get, you know, gather from men, like, would you risk it? Like, if they're, you've heard about, as, as, as uh, you know, Lord James Hunter mentioned, like, going crazy. The possibility that you could go go mad or whatever. Um, like, that would you, would you risk that? Well, I, I mean, I, the one person we've seen uh, use, use the power uh, so far, Luce Theron there in the prologue, man, he kind of seemed like he went crazy and killed his wife he, yeah Eliada, and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, did so. and i shouldn't even laugh it's, it's like crazy i mean yeah. he's he's known as a kinslayer like it's like he went nuts um so but could you do some good with it before the end i mean or whatever i don't i don't know it's, it's risky so. yeah, I, don't, I don't yeah i don't know okay all right well uh hey let's move on over to the uh the read, I guess it's not really a reread, um, the recap, I guess we should say. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, this time we were in chap two, chapters 27 to 34. So uh, chapter 27, Perrin and Egwene spend time with the traveling people. 28, Moraine, Nynaeve, and Land find the boys had been in Whitebridge. Uh, 29, Perrin, Egwene, and Elias leave the Tuathwan and are chased by ravens. They enter a steading. Chapter 30, White Cloaks attack them in the steading. They fight but are captured. 31, Matt's suspicious nature annoys farmers until they stay with the Grinwells. Chapter 32, an innkeeper tries to steal from Rand and Matt but is prevented by a dark friend. They escape when lightning destroys a window. 33, Rand is sick. Dark friends find them but they escape. And 34, Rand and Matt see a mirror draw. Uh, Asking after them, they get a ride to Camelin. Let's go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. It, it is really too, um, you have, well, I guess you got three little little batches of, you know, like like uh, splits here, right? You've got, right, um, yeah. yeah, this section. Aaron this and Egwene, and yeah. Yeah, this section is, yeah, yeah. It's really, this section just ha happens to be a little more. Perrin and Egwene, Matt and Rand, and then there's the one, uh, Tom, or excuse me, Lan, Moraine, and uh, Nynaeve. 
Um, and so we're going to start again. We always do. Uh, we do have our three kind of things here. Um, some world building, kind of a hyper focus point, uh, major plot points. This week might be just a little different because there's there's not really honestly a lot that kind of happens uh in these chapters it seems like where we've been before is like every chapter it's so much bigger and 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 moving us along in the story but now i think it it's it's not really like we we're taking you know like seven steps forward we're taking one step forward here one step forward here and one step forward here so uh mm-hmm. this week might might just feel a little different but it's still we're still going to cover um all the stuff so yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's sort of um I mean we just get out of Shadar Logoth like it's intense. It's sort of a a, a big moment. Uh Mordith we talked about quite a bit and in his, who he is and what his um evil presence is is like and it's 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 radical. Um so yeah, this does kind of slow down a little bit. Uh before we jump too far ahead though, I am going to uh pull up some comments that we had from last week and we can kind of discuss uh discuss this again our discussion thread is over on uh, patreon.com forward slash the horn of valir if you want to check that out and um so here we go just a few comments and things for us to kind of think about uh amanda let's start with her real quick uh full disclaimer this is just her going this is a deep dive uh that that she took us down here but she can't help but to think that the tuatha on that when she hears tuatha on um, she has no clue if that has any relevance for the rest of the series that the, uh, that there's some connection. Wow. She's making a connection between, I should mention this first Irish and, and, and Scottish, I guess maybe like culture or, or language maybe. Okay. Um, unless the tinkers turn out to be descendants of, uh, traveling fairies. So she's making some connection back to the lore there, uh, and just sort of the, the, the wording. And, and you know, I haven't really looked too much into, like why Robert Jordan does name these people the way he names them, if that makes sense. Like why is it that they're the Tuatha on? Um, you even think of like uh, we've we've heard reference of like Aiel people. We've heard like what is it with the naming system, right? You know, you think of um, like Camelin sounds a lot like Camelot, right? Yes. Um, trying to think, there's a few other ones. We'll get to some other characters later on who are like connected to that um, Arthur legend type of stuff and he was big on pulling from from legend uh so she's looking for a connection there just in some of how things are are pronounced like Aes Sedai and uh Aes Sheen oh some of this stuff I don't know like this is interesting um you guys are gonna have to go read this I mean because she's just got some interesting uh word connection here that I would love to dive in uh deeper James Nutter mentioned um Let's see. Uh, well, oh, they're just kind of going back and forth on uh, the Amazon show and things that are coming out there. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Heather Reed was talking about lo- loving the concept of Nynaeve and Moraine as opposites. I think you mentioned this, right, Sir Matt? Just that they uh, we were talking about how they were sitting across from the table with each other and they were seemingly, you know, yeah. Nynaeve is out to kind of not get Moraine, but really opposes her in a way mm-hmm. and yeah 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 and, and and that's kind of one of the the focus points that i we're going to talk a little bit about seems like in each of the groups each of the three groups that you've got one person who is hey we need to get going right we like we need to get going and then you have the other people who um you know with Egwene and and perrin you know you have perrin saying like hey we need to get going don't you want to become a nice at eye we uh you know and then 
Egwene is talking about the way of the leaf and it's okay. And there's a there's a there's a line that I, I we're gonna reference when we get to to all of this kind of stuff. But then you kind of have Rand and Matt. You know, Matt's you know essentially I, I think I think for people who are probably veterans of the series mm-hmm. uh, and and people who are just kind of new and even I think I've heard them kind of say this phrase like Matt's just you know Matt's being Matt. Right. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, 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 he's this kind of character that, uh, you know, when he is, he, he seems like he's really at home, uh, right? Like in a pub or, or, a, or an inn. Uh, it just seems <laughs> yeah. like, it just seems like where he's really just kind of enjoying himself. He's juggling and having fun yeah. and, uh, you know, he seems to get into a lot of trouble. It's like carefree um, spirit, yeah. Right. And on the other side, you have Rand. Hey, we need to get going. Uh, you know, there's, uh, um, and, <laughs> And then the same thing with Nynaeve is, you know, Nynaeve is we need to find we need to find, you know, Egwene and the, and the, and the boys. And, right, Mar- right. and Moraine keeps talking about Tarvalin and Nynaeve kind of snaps at her. She's like, Tarvalin, Tarvalin, Tarvalin. All you talk about is Tarvalin. And then Moraine says, when you when we reach Tarvalin, and you begin your yeah. training, like just kind of like, uh, you, you know, like just knowing it's annoying her. It's whatever. Right, right. And, um, yeah, so I thought that was, that was pretty, but that does seem to be kind of the theme, really, of these of the the chapters that we're hitting, uh, just between there's the, this kind of break of some characters. Hey, we need to get going to the other characters. Ah, eh, we can get there when we get there. Yeah, well, uh, actually, I mean, that's a good point because, and, and we'll get there in just a second. But so, Casey uh, and I was really talking about like uh, like opposites and and trying to find you know these uh whether it be a parallel or opposite or whatever in in our characters and you do have matt more serious like we gotta keep moving and then i'm, I'm sorry yeah rand and then matt sort of like well we could stop for a while i mean right now he's a little off with this whole dagger situation right. um you know which which uh we're going to talk about here in a second but uh like another one as you mentioned was let's like the idea that Nynaeve is so serious but then her opposite being again from the two rivers like Egwene. Uh, right now is having a great time dancing mm-hmm. with, with with yeah with with the traveling people so um it's just interesting i mean it's it they're they do start to kind of um develop and grow and mature at different rates and times and stuff and then you've got Perrin who's always super kind of serious but but uh yeah i don't know yeah so anyways uh really good connections there and then also i wanted to mention that um Heather did say, and I'm just looking at some of the comments here, that uh, there is that Robert Jordan did like connecting words um, with, you know, things that he, the things from real life or even real legend and stuff. So there is something there and we should maybe, you know, dedicate a little bit of time and in, in looking into that. I should definitely uh, look into that more. And if and if she has some stuff, hopefully she'll send that our way. So, uh, yeah, thanks again to, you know. Uh, all of those folks who are in here participating. They're just going back and forth. I mean, it's literally like a... I, a discussion thread back and forth just, you know, um, on ideas in the chapter, things that we should go into more and, and all that good stuff. And then in the extended edition, we talked about the way of the leaf, actually, and we were talking about just sort of um, what that means and how attractive that type of lifestyle can be. So when we pick up here again, we are still kind of there. We're about to depart from the Tinkers and and move on uh, with Perrin, Elias, and Egwene. But uh, yeah, so there's there's that you guys can check that out. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll go over some of those comments uh, later. It looks like just people were talking about the idea that the way of the leaf is is because we kind of pose the question like, is that something that we could that we can really stick with? You know, it seems like a lot of characters have 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 trouble with their ideas. Like it's very in in a time of peace, 
it seems great. You know, it's like we're dancing. There's there's campfires. There's good good food, good energy, and that's very attractive to a lot of these younger people. But then, you know, Perrin is sort of, he's got his axe there, and he's with Elias a little bit. on the, He's on this side of like, well, maybe, you know, if somebody comes at me, I mean, I need to defend myself in some way. Would you not do that? And it's just interesting. It's uh, I, I love the way Robert Jordan sort of weaves in these different um, ideas and philosophies and stuff and ways of approaching life. It's, it's uh, they, because they're, they're complete opposites, right? I mean, he's like, like Perrin uh, is... Well, he's a parent is also sort of a peaceful guy for the most part. He doesn't really, he doesn't seem like somebody who wants to cause trouble. You probably have already got that vibe from him that he's just easy going. And so he, on one hand, you want to agree with these people, but like you start to think what would happen if something, if somebody attacked my friends, he's already had this attack on his village and his people. And that's upsetting to him. And it's like, he wants to defend them. And as a matter of fact, he's doing in, in his mind right now, everything he can to say, keep his people safe by just leaving. But if he has to sharpen his ax and use it, he will. So I don't know. It was a, yeah. it was a cool discussion that we kind of had. And if, you, if folks well, want to check that out, it'd be, he, cool. it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just going off that, I mean, I, uh, you know, parents, when parents talking to Egwene, he says, do you think we're really safe here? Do you think these people are safe? You know, he, he's like fades and Trollocs and are after and dark friends are after us. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing them a disservice by staying here. Because we right. could we could lead we could lead Trollocs and 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 fades to us, and that could that could harm these people. Yeah, yeah, and and there he's showing that that caring side. Like the, it's also when you find people like that, I think one of the things they mention is that you, these are the type of people who like you you wish. I think Perrin maybe with with one hand would would love to join them and and be in that lifestyle, but he also wants to protect them, as you're saying, and he. There's an innocence, I guess. Well, it's really not innocence. It's I don't know what the word is, but it's like uh, pureness or something mm-hmm. to the way that they live their life, and you don't want to see that tarnished. And he doesn't want to see that tarnished, and so he feels like you know maybe uh, to preserve that he has to fight for them, but they 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 wouldn't want that. And so it's these conflicting sort of you know I, ideologies, and it's just really interesting. So yeah. no, it is absolutely. Okay. All right. So uh, again, thanks for all the discussion from all of our patrons and and uh, and members of the book club. And anybody can go in there and join that. That's that's uh, it's open. It's free for everybody to go in there and join and leave comments. So if you have thoughts or if, if you've got comments on this week's you know uh, chapters discussions, just uh, head that way. And actually, I really might be asking for help from some folks because there's some really interesting things that happen uh, as far as like sequence of events in this in these uh, these chapters. Something tricky that Robert Jordan did that I kind of want to discuss later on so but before we do that let's jump into yeah like sort of our three parts here we always do as you say um sir matt like our world building uh hyper focused point and then we'll go over some of the major uh plot points here but to start uh with our world building if you will something new that kind of comes up is uh, is the setting what did you think of of the of the setting and like the the idea of um well just i mean i i almost oh i almost Mm, almost spoiled something there. Um, <laughs> what what do you remember or recall from from the setting? Gosh, it's so hard. I'm going to spoil it. Well, it's like so, one of these times. I'm I'm going to make a mistake, and I get, people are going to call me out for it. They're like, "You just gave that away." <laughs> so go ahead, sir Matt. What, what do you got on the setting? Well, like, like, what do you remember about it? Well, you know, I mean, Elias. You know, Elias says, you know, right as uh, 
so you know so Perrin finishes his dream right uh he has yeah he has the dream um which i was i was going to talk about but i, I can kind of hold off hold off on that here for a second um yeah. and then you know he says well perhaps find we'll find a steading you know trouble trouble never enters the steading right but mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. is that is that necessarily the yeah, ca- the the case right right well, and it's like, so, like, the steading, it sounds like a nice place, too, right? It's a place where, you sh- you know, trouble should not be allowed to enter, etc. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's this place that seems kind of wholesome. And they go there, they feel a difference when they're in the steading. Uh, they, they come in, they, again, like the, the Tuatha on. It's just sort of a cool mm-hmm. um, atmosphere that they, that they go into. And they need this bit of respite too, because they they know that I mean Elias knows they're being pursued, um, and so it's you're looking for like a safe haven. This right. is one of those. Yeah. And, and what's interesting? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just, I was just gonna you know I was just gonna lead, read just just from the uh, passage here. You know, uh, Parent panted. He was he was breathing through his mouth and he was forced the words. Um, if it's really a steading, we'd be safe. No trollics. No Sedai. Um, we can just stay here until it's all over. Maybe the wolves won't come here either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which we need to talk about here shortly. Like, just the idea that he is, he's struggling with um, Elias and this his gifts and uh, and the wolves and everything that seem to be really nagging at him uh, quite a bit. But we'll, we'll come back, I guess, as we, as we uh, talk about Perrin and Elias and the steading a little bit more in a minute. Um, another interesting thing, and this happened at the end of uh, last week's episode and going into this week again, White Bridge comes up again. It's a place where um, it, it's it's this, it's one of these wonders where like the the power was used to craft something that is it seems like it's a remnant from the Age of Legends, and uh, it's 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 really a, a cool feature in this in this world. Um, and then really after that, Rand and Matt uh, go from village to village. And as we come across those villages, I'll talk about they're really just small uh, villages. Oftentimes, Matt and Rand are saying that, that that some of them, in some way, look like the two rivers, mm-hmm. and these are these are villages in the the country or the nation of Andor. Uh, so there should be some similarity, but uh, I think it's even like the way of life that he kind of comments on it being similar farmers and, and tending their whether it be well lack of crops or uh, just just their their animals and things like that uh, is is similar to what he remembers back home so uh, that's that's good but they are um, struggling for you know food and, tr- and trying to trying to make it and and they're on their own now without any guidance so definitely a time to really grow up and and see these characters kind of develop more mm-hmm. but yeah there's there wasn't a whole lot it's not like we came to a big city or, or anything uh, you know crazy just yet we will we're, we're gonna be on the Camelin Road uh shortly so yeah okay well uh, i have some i have some something i kind of pulled out of this just in the world building section here um is songs right there's a there's a moment in both of the in in two chapters where a uh, parent notices some of the songs that are being sung that the tuathuan you know that are singing um and he's and he's like, oh, you know, I've heard this song, but they call it something different here. And then just a couple chapters later, Matt and Rand have a very similar. There's just a similar kind of line, and I just thought it was really interesting uh, that that's going on. You know, just in his world building, uh, because it it just makes it seem like even you know both the, you have two of these parties in different spots, and wow, you know, so you're just seeing that the world is different, uh, just depending on 
where you're at, but there is that familiarity. Um, you know, it's no different than, you know, you, you think about like our own world, right? Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. an elevator or, a, you know, a lift, right? Uh, you know, yeah. And some of those, some of those things where it's the same, it's the same machine it's the same thing but it's just different right, different terminology just yeah. different terminology for it. i just thought that, i just thought it was interesting because I, I, when i got to that part you know, where they talk about the songs and random i was like oh and i just made me think about it so um just some lines here yeah you know it's hard to get a uh, this is from the parent and Egwene. it was hard to get a word with Egwene. either she was talking with Ilya, uh their heads together in a way uh that said no men were welcome or she was dancing with aram swinging around and round to the flutes and fiddles and drums to the tunes of the twath one um, had gathered from all over the world or to the sharp uh, trilling songs of the traveling people themselves uh, sharp whether they were quick or slow they knew many songs some uh, he recognized from home though often under different names that they were called in the two rivers three girls in the meadow for instance the tinkers named pretty made dancing and they said the wind from the north was called hard rain hard rain falling in some lands um uh baron's retreat and others uh when he asked not thinking uh for the tinker has my pots they fell over themselves laughing uh they knew it but uh as toss the feathers then uh later in our in our section here um this is from a matt matt and rand whenever he paused voices shouted the names of tunes through uh through the 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 inn uh a good many names he did not recognize though when he got um when he got someone to hum a bit of it, he often found he did know the song. It had been that way other places before. Jolly James was raised uh, fling here and had been colors of the sun at an earlier stop. Some names stayed the same. Others changed with 10 mile distance. And he had learned new songs, too. The drunken peddler was a new one, though sometimes it was called Tinker in the Kitchen. Uh, two kings came hunting and two horses running and several others names beside. He played the ones he knew and men pounded the table for more. So I just thought, again, I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, you know, some it, so it, the interesting thing is, and I, I'm sure there are people that have read the series and are, are series veterans that have probably broken down you know this song is has all of these names uh you know across the board and this song has all Mm -hmm. of these names um and i just thought i just thought it was interesting and that's that's one of the things that i've been told so much about um because remember for this is my first read in this series is Mm -hmm. uh, i've heard you know whether it's you or or my brothers who have read it or friends who have read the series a bunch of times um is the world building is is just something that robert jordan focuses on it's it's a very big part of of this and so i just i just thought i just found that kind of interesting yeah well it it is and i hate to you know keep making a connection back to other i mean fantasy series or whatever but like a lot of them that is that is a cool thing um one region may know the song uh by this title and another region you know knows it as this and it's sort of um it's sort of that common thread you know among people and humanity and so in in Martin's series in a Game of Thrones, we we see that a lot. Like what like a a song. It may maybe it's not even the, exactly the song is just called something different, but there's slight variations in the wording. You know, it's it's a it's a Dornish woman instead of you know um, like another another woman from another region. Mm-hmm. And so it's just mixing in you know substituting uh, things from your culture into that song that was really good. Uh, and maybe that's even in like. The idea that that a gleeman, as they as they travel around, know if they know the culture or or the area, and they can make a better connection, or they can alter the words a little bit to kind of um, 
don't know, make it more impactful or what have you like that. That's that would be uh, interesting. And it's also neat to kind of see like like Robert Jordan will, will uh, weave these threads. And I, I kind of see it with like Matt and and Rand when they go to these other villages and there's there's things that they see that they recognize that are, are common to them that are familiar. And so it unites the like the people even though we're divided into different nations and stuff and Randland and it's all this different stuff, like there's still a lot uh, that they can connect with one another, if that makes sense. And you go back to a little bit of this, the, like the foundation of, of this continent and this world. And, and uh, we were talking about Luce Theron and, and just the breaking of the world essentially and, and how the land, I mean, it says this in some of the, um, right at the end of that prologue, it's talking about, how mountain ranges were torn down and new ones came up and all sort of stuff. And people were just sort of divided and everything. But yet through all that division, you still have these songs and you have, um, you know, just a way, way, a way of life that is, that is common uh, among people, which is, which is interesting. I later on. Well, I, it's so tough because there's so many more of those connections in just the way weapons are made and the way clothes are designed Mm -hmm. in there's also differences too. Um, but you can see the influence of, of ages, you know, long gone that are still lingering, that are impacting the world. The, the, the idea that the Aes Sedai are still in order, uh, is interesting in and of itself, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, well, it's a good connection. Yeah. Ex- oh yeah. And I, I, it's interesting also because this is something that we see, um, you know, again, you know, you and I read a lot of obviously Game of Thrones, um, and in that series, and I'm guessing, again, first read here, um, a lot of these chapters, you have to look at who the storyteller is, who's, who's, whose point of view is, is it told from, uh, because mm-hmm. that provides perspective. When, whenever you, when you have POV chapters, um, you know, it provides perspective, and sometimes you, you, that's when you can kind of, is the, rely, is the narrator reliable? Are they unreliable? Mm-hmm. Um, how, yeah. Who are you getting that from? Um, again, yeah. to, and, and so I thought it was interesting with, with these songs, you know, they have different names, you know, later you could have an event described and sometimes you'll have, you know, just as we see in our own world, you'll have an event described, like take the American Civil War, for example. Um, you know, it's like <laughs> joke, you know, jokingly, but a bit seri- um, serious, you know, it's like, well, is it the Civil War or is it the War of Northern Aggression? Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> so depending on who's right. depending on who's describing it to you. OK, well, that cast a very different. Um, yeah. depiction of what this event is, and so uh, it's just it's it's something interesting that I, I just I I yeah I pulled out well it. yeah because the, there will be a lot of conflicts in this in this series. I mean, you, we got a long ways to go, uh, and and people may look at a historical event and think differently of it, or even um this this order. Well, you've already heard so many different things about the Aes Sedai, but mm-hmm. yet we have one we have an Aes Sedai in front of us who seems to be caring about these kids, um. But then we have white cloaks who you heard uh, were were after air quote dark friends, and really though it was hinted at that anyone who could channel the power possibly um, men for what she could see was even a little bit nervous and scared mm-hmm. uh, of, of of them. But yet these are supposed to be people who can do good things, right? And it's also like you know, like then you look at the 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 white cloaks as as an organization. And you sort of say like, wait, aren't they? They're children of the light. They're they're supposed to be. That's a good thing, right? I mean, they they are servants of the light, but yet they're so feared, and they almost seem like they cause more trouble. And the people aren't 
necessarily that happy that they are there and in and among them. So I don't know. That's uh, yeah. It's it'll it'll be interesting to pay attention to to those things as we go region to region and nation to nation. And right now we've just been in Andor. Um, but, yeah. uh, Sir well, Matt has he, seen the map, he ex- knows we're going to be exactly. Well, yeah. you know, it's, uh, we were, t- we were told we were going to Aradol, uh, right? Well, we yeah. get there and it's Shadar Logoth, uh, which sounds, yeah, which yeah. sounds way, <laughs> way worse of a place than <laughs> what it sounds like, where it sounded like we were going. Yeah. It's like, Hey, hold on a second oh. here. What it, <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't seem real, uh, real, real, pleasant, real friendly. So. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, okay. So uh, a couple of things, I'm just going to kind of, uh, th- there's a few things I guess I want to I want to point out. I want to ask you questions because there's things I thought was that I thought were interesting. So we know. Let's start with Elias and let's start with Perrin and Egwene. Um, I'm just curious. We we because they're leaving those people and they're on the run. Um, Elias seems like he's really pushing Perrin and Egwene, and Perrin is asking him sort of what's going on. Elias is very. Uh, he's been away from people for a long time. And he he says that, and so I don't know that he's maybe he doesn't trust them as much, but he he's he's also getting this vibe from the from the wolves about Perrin, which is interesting. Have you got have you caught that? I mean, mm-hmm. like that Perrin is is there's something up. I mean, he's a little disturbed by the idea, right? Yeah, yeah. And Elias seems to almost have his own code, right? Like we find him, you know, with the you know Tuathawan, you know, the Tinkers, the traveling people, um, and uh his code even seems to be its own thing right you know he has he has this line here that i wanted to read um you know and it's highlight it's one of those things if you have a kindle uh where you see that you know a 10,000 people have highlighted it and it's yeah. uh, it's so many people um you know relax lad take life as it comes run when you have to fight when you must rest when you can and i really i i thought that was like well this to me feels like um just the the perfect little line that's going to cover everything we're covering today because that seems to be as we, we've been mm-hmm. talking about the difference in our in our in our groups um uh, you know and 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 Perrin describes him as uh as kind of a strange man um you know he seems his his Elias doesn't really share his his feelings he you know he doesn't ride in the wagons he prefers to walk um yeah. you know he he never but he never really suggests leaving or or pressing on ahead um he he just kind of has his own his his own kind of mindset going on well it, like here here's a line so Elias moved with the lazy grace of a wolf uh only emphasized by his skins and his fur hat you know he radiated danger uh, I mean, he's he's just, but he, at the same time, he seems like this calm. He was young and old at the same time. I mean, it, just interesting how he does almost like embody like uh, like he, he's 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 a wolf. I mean, like like just the way he walks, he carries himself, and then as you say, yeah, fight when you have to, rest when you can. I mean, that's interesting. Um, and it definitely conflicted with the way of the leaf, mm-hmm. and you saw that just in in, in their kind of confrontation. Again, he was welcomed to to sit at their fires and and eat and everything, but yeah, they definitely believe uh, differently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, look, I mean, look, yeah. look at what parents saying. You know, what if the fade finds us? Uh, what's them to keep from them from? Uh, you know, from it, if, they, if we just sit here waiting, uh, three wolves can't hold them off. The traveling people won't be any help and they won't defend themselves. The Trollocs will butcher them and it'll be, you know, 
It'll be our fault. Anyway, we have to leave sooner than later. It might as well be sooner. Uh, something tells me to wait just a few days. You know, something, right? <laughs> like, oh what, are, my gosh. what are you talking about something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I am so glad. And he, and he, and he says, hey, just have some of this pie. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me see here. I am so glad that you read that line, though. So uh, an interesting theory that's out there. And I want, um, gosh, we haven't got there yet, so I can't talk about it in full. But there is something that seems to be guiding or I don't know what it is, intuition or whatever, that Elias is is. Um, like he listen, he almost has like a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Things that sort of lead him in, in in the right direction. And for veteran readers out there, I think you'll know some of the theories or what we're what we're kind of talking about in in that, like why he has this feeling and why he just sort of says, eh, "Just there's something that tells me we need to, you know, wait or stay here for a few days, and then we'll move on." What is that something? You know what what is it? And uh, we'll talk about it later. We're going to talk about this book actually. I think it's going to be next week. Uh, but it's. It's uh, it's it's interesting, and I almost forgot about it. So I'm really glad you, you you read that, and that it's it's a combination too, because he is also being informed, as he's already admitted to us, by the wolves, <laughs> like which is which is crazy. Uh, but if you you know if you can channel the power, like if that's something that can happen in this world, well, okay, I guess I guess this ancient thing of talking to wolves, uh, might be doable as well. But it's uh, it's sort of for parent anyways is is off putting. It's really mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so, uh, so yeah. So just just a little bit after that, though, is when um, again. So, so we're talking about Perrin is is like we need to go. And this is, you know, we're going to talk about with with Moraine and Rand um, or uh, Nynaeve and uh, Rand here as well with their kind of uh, traveling companions. Uh, but I do just want to bring up here really quick because it just happens right after that. Um, is when Perrin does get Egwene alone and he starts to talk to her again. He's kind of bringing up some of these same things he was uh, talking to Elias about. Um, you know, once yep. he managed to get Egwene alone beside a wagon painted in green and yellow, uh, which I just thought that painted in green and yellow. Right. That's that's that. That's that. From what I've been told that that Robert Jordan, I got to squeeze every every detail <laughs> about the, the setting, yep. the setting I can in, in there, um, you know, <laughs> enjoying yourself, aren't you? Why shouldn't I? Uh, she fingered the blue beads around her neck, uh, smiling at them. We don't uh, all have to work at being miserable the way you do. Don't we deserve a little chance to enjoy ourselves? Um, Ar- Aram stood not far off. He never got far from Egwene. With his arms folded across his chest, a little smile on his face, half smugness and half challenge. Perrin lowered his voice. I thought you wanted to get to Tarvalin. You won't learn uh, to be an Aes Sedai here. Egwene tossed her head, and I thought you didn't like me wanting to become an Aes Sedai, she said. Blood gnashes. Do you believe we're safe here? All these people safe with us here. A fade could find us any time. Her hand trembled on the beads. She lowered it uh, and then took a deep breath. Whatever is going to happen will happen, whether we leave today or next week. That's what I believe now. Enjoy yourself, Perrin. It might be the last chance we have. Mm-hmm. And then she and then yeah. she talks just a, a little bit there. Um, yeah, you know, uh, they were all falling too much under the spell of the people. Parent thought Elias is yeah. right. They don't have to try to convert you to the way of the leaf. It seeps into you. Yeah, and that's what I was going to read that, too. That that right there is where it's at. It like it's so intoxicating. It's the way they live their lives. The care like be, mm-hmm. it being carefree and more uh, connected to nature and everything. It, it just it's attractive especially to these young people and it does just sort of seep into you and you're like why would we want to go back to 
um, the stresses and, and the, you know, what, whatever else, um, out, like outside of this, it just doesn't seem, uh, as, as appealing. Mm-hmm. So war and, and strife and all that kind of stuff. It, that's yeah. things that they try to avoid. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a line, yeah. really, there's a line really quick, um, right after that. Um, you know, uh, their smiles, he's talking about how just their, their life, right. Um, you know, their smiles never slip. There were, there was never any hesitation in their invitations to join them for a drink or to listen to music, but their eyes always touched the axe and he could feel what they thought a tool of violence. There is never any excuse for violence to another human being the way of the, you know, the way of the leaf. Sometimes he wanted to shout at them. There were Trollocs in the world and fades. There were those who would cut down every leaf. The dark one was out there and the way of the leaf would burn in Balsamon's eyes. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's what we were saying. Like he wants to almost sort of like protect them, but at the same time, and he he doesn't really say this, but I think it's something that comes up later on. It's just like these people are just like like I said, there's a a pureness to it, and and you don't you wouldn't want to see that disrupted. Mm-hmm. Like the, these are the these are the kindest of kind people. You would not like they're not going to cause you any problems, but yet the dark one would come here and strike them down, and he it just. It just burns him up to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think I think um, one of the the cool thing about what's going on here is you, you, you go back to the beginning first 10 chapters and it's a little more focused on Rand going through something similar when the Trollocs attack. We're really mo- we're really more getting everything through Rand's eyes and it's we have to leave you know Edmonds Field. And so it's him. It's him being like, I have to go out on this journey. I have to break away. And Matt and Perrin are there. But this is really what feels more like now we're getting Perrin's and Egwene's reasoning and uh, for leaving because it's a, kind of it's not really the same situation, but it's certainly a similar situation, right? Now they're in this this what could be a new life, right? Very easy, um, very friendly, you know, just you know, drinking and dancing and um, just being with a good group of people. But there are bigger things in the world. There are there are there are more important things, you know, the, mm-hmm. that that they have to deal with. And so I think that is one of the things I like about this section with, with them um, and dealing with the tinkers is that now we're getting kind of their um, decision. I mean, obviously they've already made the decision to leave Edmonds field, but now we're getting more of more so their, um, their kind of battle, right. Internal battle with this is what we have to do. Not, this is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's almost a little bit of an irony, uh, like an irony in that, just in that, uh, because and what you said, I should say, uh, because they are searching for the song, but yet at the same time they're not worried about all these prophecies and 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 various things that are that like the goings on, like the politics or the wars among countries and things like that. They seem all really disconnected from that, and they are yet people who travel through all of those different nations and lands, but they pay no attention to or they, they, they may know of it but they they don't it's not something that they're going to focus on so uh, yeah interesting yeah. but um okay a couple a couple other things about these people I, I wanted to make a you, you know dreams are really important in in this series and uh we know that Matt Perrin and Rand have all had dreams did you notice that uh w- for the most part when he was traveling with the uh the Tuatha on his dreams like he, they were just. If he had a nightmare, it was just a nightmare. It wasn't a Baal Zaman, the Dark One type of nightmare. 
uh, until a little bit later. But at first, like, he's just having these normal nightmares, and that's almost like a blessing, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, which which I thought was interesting. And he does so. All of this stuff with the with the wolves like starts to really grow in him. He has he says he has an awareness of them in his mind. He he is aware of them and where they are. Like he could almost like he could point and say they're over there, but yet he can't see them. They're out of sight, but in his mind he can feel them. Um, and then eventually you get to this part where he is talking to uh, Dapple and Hopper and so on, and and they're going over what they what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. And it was all very clear in his mind. Fervently, he wished for Camelin and for Moraine and Tarvalin. Uh, even if there were no answers, there could be an end to it. Elias looked at him, and he was sure the yellow-eyed man knew. Please let there be an end, he's thinking. So whatever this is, it's definitely, um, it's got it's got Perrin worked up, and, and he's, uh, like, these things are, it's just there. It's happening. You know, these thoughts and this this awareness of the wolves and their thoughts is growing in his mind. Mm-hmm. So that's something he's dealing with. Yeah, and then he goes right into his dream, right? I mean, he goes right into yes. a, a Bilesamon, um, uh dream, right? But there's a wolf very prevalent, right, in this in this dream. Uh, you know, it's abruptly the wolf rose, rumbling deep in its throat, the thick ruff of its fur on the neck rising. Bilesamon stepped into the kitchen from the yard. Mistress, uh, Mistress Luhan went on with her cooking. Um, you know, Perrin scrambled to his feet, rising, uh, raising the axe, but Balsamon ignored the weapon, concentrating on the wolf instead. Flames danced where his eyes should be. Is this what you have to protect you? Well, I have faced this before, many times before. Uh, he crooked a finger, and the wolf howled as a fire burst out of its eyes and ears and mouth and out, out of its skin. The stench of the burning meat and hair filled the kitchen. Um, uh, Luhan lifted the lid of a pot and stirred with a wooden spoon. Perrin dropped the axe and jumped forward, trying to beat out the flames with his hands. The wolf uh, crumpled to black ashes between his palms. And, you know, then it goes on a little bit more after that. Um, but, yeah, so now the, this the wolf, right, is 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 mm-hmm. is part of these these dreams he's having. Yeah, it, it right. And I think, well, again, in very cool that he. Like, he's not looking at the axe. He's not worried really about Perrin. Uh, Balsamon is looking at this wolf, and he's saying, I've, I've faced this before, and, and, I will, I, and I will again. And, and so he attacks it. It's almost like he, I actually kind of look at it as he's, he's a little upset that, oh, so here we go. You know, now this is, this is something that you have protecting you. We'll all handle that too. Even though he has this um, confidence about him, I, I kind of see like he's a little, maybe a little taken back. He's he's stunned by it, and he's looking at this wolf, saying, "Really, okay, like like he's because every time he comes to them in their in their dreams, he's assessing them. He's he's trying to get to know them. He's learning more about them, and he's starting to distinguish between the three. So now he's really seeing when he when he visits Perrin, right? He he has wolves around him. That's part of that's a part of his protection. There's something to that." And there is something ancient to it that he uh, that he has faced time and time again, and he'll he'll face again. So, mm-hmm. and we'll learn more about the wolves uh, uh, as to what they think about Balsamon later on. Yeah. Um, okay. So now, uh, you want to talk a little bit about? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Egwene and Moraine, or excuse me, Moraine and Nynaeve and Lan about what's kind of going yeah, with them. That's fine because a similar similar type of thing, right? You know, so uh, they're kind of just. Uh, you know, they're like as they're kind of sitting around talking, um, 
uh, you know, again, they, they kind of have a lot of these similar uh, things that everyone's having was, do we, do we press on? Where do we go? Kind of where they're all kind of, it seems like they're all like, what do we do next is, is kind of the, what they're, what everyone's kind of dealing with and everyone's going to kind of make a decision about what's going to, what's going to happen next. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So this is uh, from chapter 28 uh, footprints in air. Uh, you know, so uh, the cursed woman only wanted to talk about taking her to Tarvalin for training. Moraine would not tell her anything. It was as if she wanted to know so much. How do you mean to find them? She remembered uh, demanding. As I have told you, Moraine replied, without bothering to look back at her, I will know when I am close to the two who have lost their coins. It was not the first time Nynaeve had asked, but the Aes Sedai's voice was like a still pond that refused to ripple no matter how many stones Nynaeve uh, threw. It made the wisdom's blood boil every time she was exposed to it. Moraine went on as if she could not feel Nynaeve's eyes on her back. Nynaeve knew she must be able to. She was uh, staring so hard. The longer it takes, the closer I must come, but I will know. As for the one who has still who still has his token, so long as he has it in his possession, I can follow him across half the world if need be. And then, what do you plan to do once you've found them, Aes Sedai? She did not for a minute believe the Aes Sedai would be so intent on finding them if she did not have plans. Tarvalin, wisdom. Tarvalin, Tarvalin, that's all you ever say, and I am becoming part of the training you will receive in Tarvalin wisdom Mm -hmm. will teach you to control your temper. You can do nothing with the one power when emotion rules your mind. Nynaeve opened her mouth, but I, but the I said I went right on. Lan, I must speak with you for a moment. And then her, um, her and Lan end up talking. But, um, you know, I just, I, I, again, in what's going on with Nynaeve right now, as I'm, as I was kind of reading this, this chapter, and we talked about this last week as well is I almost feel like she thinks she's not responsible for what happened with the Trollocs attacking, but she obviously feels some sort of responsibility over her people, right? The people from, you know, Edmonds field. And, you know, she's in this, I think she's in this position where she was already kind of ridiculed for being, or not necessarily ridiculed, but certainly there's some uh, criticism or, um, She's under pressure. I don't want to say under pressure. I'm trying to think. Maybe, to think yeah, of maybe she's or, under pressure. Yeah, uh, because because she is such a young wisdom, and uh, people have some skepticism, right, about her her uh, you know ability to kind of succeed in, in in that role. And so I think that's one of these things where, um, you know, last time we talked about a, a little bit like uh, you know the police and the FBI. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, the FBI show we're in charge now Yeah, is almost kind of kind of what kind of what it feels like. And um, so I think that's one of that's this kind of driving factor for her is she needs to mm-hmm. kind of she feels like she needs to prove herself. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll even add on to that. I mean, the, like the idea, too, that uh, the village council or I guess even just member people of the village are a little superstitious. And when crops aren't growing or or harvest is not coming as it should or spring or what have you in, in winter conditions are still around they they almost seem to not blame the wisdom but they what is the wisdom going to do about the weather like really there is a pressure and then it's already whispered yeah she's too young uh so there's that like is it is did they choose the wrong wisdom is it is there some like bad luck in having naive as the wisdom now these boys are gone we were attacked by trollocs are you kidding me like is this all connected uh how didn't she foresee this you know i don't know they almost put too much on their air quote wisdom and it's like could be almost like a, a blame game if you will it's like well i don't i don't think tam uh is like that at all or or most of the village council but you have sin Bui and some of those guys who were really uh 
picking on Nynaeve and, and didn't like, um, you know, just, just the way she was uh, conducting the, like the, the women's circle and stuff and, and being in her roles as a wisdom. I think they, they didn't like it. her stubbornness and the way she speaks back to them and, and really lets them know what she thinks. It's, it's abrupt, but uh, I think she has to be abrupt because of how they, you know, started to interact with her. And that, that is all carried over into this issue with Moraine, as you say. And it's like, I think there is a pressure this, this, that shouldn't, shouldn't really be there. Um, and I'm sure Tam would maybe talk to her and, and tell her that, but, uh, yeah, she wants to get these kids back. That's her whole thing. She keeps talking about bringing them back and actually at the end, let me see of that chapter, you know, she was talking about how Egwene was one of those girls who she wouldn't, um, there was such a gift in her and a power that she, that she really wouldn't want to let that go. Um, Nynaeve, uh, felt a cold ball in the pit of her stomach. Am I one of those young women you won't give up? We'll see about that, Aes Sedai. The light burn you. We'll see about that. So she still got that defiance as in like, I I don't know that I'm going to be giving in to um, the ways of the Aes Sedai and, and this whole thing. I may still win back Egwene and the boys and get them get them out from underneath your, your thumb here. Uh, but yeah, and, and I think Moraine also kind of knows she has to go, go slow uh, with this and you're not approaching a, a, a child, really. Nynaeve has been in a position of leadership, and mm. uh, it's different. It's a different thing to kind of yeah. finesse. And I think that's a big part of it, too, because, you know, this chapter, she talks a lot about, you know, she has to ask them, where are we going next? It doesn't seem like they really include her in their decisions. Yeah. And so she's just along for the ride, but she is somebody who, who's, I'm an adult. I, you know, I can do what I want to do. And I think I have a good plan. And, you know, you're just basically forcing me to do what it is to go along with your plan because mm-hmm. you and they don't really do it as ju- I don't think that Moraine does. Moraine sometimes comes across as a know it all just so far from what I've kind of seen. I mean, probably because she actually does know it all. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's really like kind of what it seems like. I mean, she is clearly the one who seems to have knowledge about a lot of the things that they're doing, um, but she just doesn't. It, I think for a lot of these people, this is their you know, this is their first time leaving. This is their first time being out. This is their first time doing anything outside of, you know, Edmonds Field. And I think that's a, a for Nynaeve, that's a big it's a big struggle because she is yeah as you said is more used to that kind of leadership role yeah yeah so i don't know something to keep an eye on and it's something where she's gonna have to wrestle with and deal with um but uh because it's a part of the pattern man you know like a lot of this stuff is it's like this is bigger it's destiny it's fate it's taken over and uh but yet they've got choices to make too which i love i love having uh those two elements mixed but I don't know, yeah. So she she's cool. And there's not much on, on those characters, really. It's just that one chapter uh where we see them come into Whitebridge and and something that Land says, you know, like there there was a half man here. Like like the like a merge all was here. And so this is serious. We know that these boys are um you know being pursued. We we have to go to the one that we can find, and that's and that's pretty much um that's pretty much it. So um next I wanted to ask you one more thing before we jump to Matt. And and ran because it's in the it's in the very next chapter after Whitebridge, um, let's see it is uh, what chapter is this so it's uh, Eyes Without Pity, and this is mm-hmm. where Elias is. So this is chapter twenty nine. They're they're kind of pushing. He's pushing them. There's this urgency that he has, right? And eventually you kind of figure out, and the wolves kind of uh, fill Perrin in on some of the what's happening behind them. But ravens 
what did you think of this whole scene where like uh, like they slaughtered the fox um like mm-hmm. like, they, like when they would come across uh like oh, gosh these uh dark ravens and just in sort of they're mutilating if you will killing these other animals and stuff it seems like there's this big mass of them like a black cloud going across the sky and they have to kind of hide from them uh and then Perrin has this internal like struggle once he sees what they can do and how you know even with his axe and and even if he were swinging like a madman like there were so many that you really could not stop them there was there would be no way to stop them from from just um I don't know, like like killing you. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, well, uh, it, to be honest, uh, it reminds me just a lot of Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, you know, just just think, I, I, just thinking about you know, and um, Frodo and the group, and they're all, they're, they're, you know, they're they're all out and about, just kind of like the eyes and the ears, right? Of uh, you know, of the Dark One is just what it reminds me, um, you know, a lot of. But yeah, I mean, it, it again, it just. It's just a it just adds to another uh, this whole this whole this whole section we're reading today. Um, you know, they're talking about what if a, what if a trollic finds us? What if a fade finds us? You know, we're we're constantly on the run. Um, you know, this is why we have to get to Tarvalin where we're protected. Um, and now this just it just adds to that. Right now it's now it's a raven. Now it's ravens that you even have to worry about. So it, it just adds to the idea that we're not safe yeah, where right. we're at right now. Like, I mean, we're not safe from anything or anyone from where we're at right now. You know, um, they're talking about like, you know, light. They could do that to us. A hundred ravens. They could, you know, move Elias, you know, says, I mean, and for him to kind of say that. Right. I mean, as we've kind of seen Elias is his character. Yeah. You know, we'll just kind of get there when we get there yeah. and yeah i mean if elias is like we're in danger then it's it's time to go right yeah and and, and he does sort of say these are um yeah that, that these ravens are at least kind of connected to the shadow uh and that they are looking for something it seems like they're looking for something searching and parent keeps thinking like man even if one of those things spots us like they could call the other ones and and like yeah we are really in in trouble here but it's the thoughts that he has like I mean, he, he reminds Egwene about weapon to the rabbit, the fox, uh, these other little animals that they see, like just the way they were mutilated. And when mm-hmm. she thinks of that, she vomits. And yeah, it's sort of like it's something that ke- keeps pushing them on. You got to keep moving. We got to keep going. Um, but Perrin starts to think if we what would he do? Would he want that type of death, like this painful, like agonizing, drawn out death for Egwene? Or would he make it quick? Yeah. And that was like, wow. You know, now you're put in that position. So so what do you do? Because, I mean, from where he was sitting, there was no power. There was no nothing. Wolves wouldn't help. I mean, they would be, if, if this cloud of ravens came down on them, there would be no getting away. And, and yeah. so he thought, you know, would I let Egwene suffer like that? Yeah. Yeah, and they're and they're and they're and they're crazy nervous too because they keep thinking it's not even just all of them; it's one bird. What if one one bird is all it'll take? You know, what if one of them spots us? And so it just again it adds it adds to that. It 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 just adds to that fear, right? That the that that they have. You know, they're thinking about you know a hundred stabbing beaks. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as, as you said. Yeah. Well, you know, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he, right here, I mean, so he's talking about like his, his axe, he's fingering that thinking he moved it to, you know, his sling. Um, that would be more use, but not enough, though. Not against 100 ravens, uh, 100 darting targets, 100 stabbing beaks. And then she says, yeah, it's your turn to, to ride. Um, uh, she seems kind of, you know, tired. He says, is she tired? Tell her or let her think that we'll have a chance to escape an hour of hope, even if it's, uh, you know, it's this desperate or, or, or is it, um, or do I give her an hour of despair? Like, like what does he tell her? Um, he, he apparently looked at Egwene again and blinked away hot tears. He touched his axe and wondered if he had the courage. In the last minutes when the ravens descended on them, when all hope was gone, would he have the courage to spare her the death the fox had died? Light make me strong. I mean, he's... So anyways, that's just something he's going to wrestle with uh, for a while. And later on, even Elias will look at him. They're, so they're about to enter the, the steading, um, mm-hmm. which, which they do here. And you can feel a change. Like there's a chill that kind of comes over them. Uh, but once they're settled, like Elias looks at Perrin. And it's like as if he can read his mind. And, and really, he says he's just reading his face. Uh, but he can tell that he could almost tell what he was thinking. You know, he was fingering his axe, looking at Egwene, worrying, looking at the sky, um, thinking about the fox, the whole thing. So he can kind of tell, like, yeah, you were thinking about it, weren't you? Yeah. And and it's it's put you in a spot. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was I thought it was an interesting moment for him to. We got insight into his mind and what he was thinking, and that he was contemplating that. And in in, in an odd way, it was this. It was a a grace or a mercy that he was going to give to a great yeah. because he was that yeah, he wouldn't because he he wouldn't want her to suffer yeah yeah so uh, and as we said we talk a little bit more about the the steading here and and they do um uh let's see uh, elias kind of explains to them that um he bent over shoulders shaking to rest his hands on his knees safety that's what we made it you bloody fools no ravens will cross that line um, not one that carries the dark one's eyes anyway. A trollic would have to be driven across. There'd be need, uh, there, there'd need to be something fierce pushing the Merdral to make them do the driving. No Aes Sedai either. The one power won't work here. They can't touch the true source. Can't even feel the source, like it vanished. Makes them itch inside, that does. Gives them the shakes, like a seven-day drunk. It's safety. So this is a this is sort of a description of the steading. The dark one won't go here. You can't drive a murdraw, which would then drive Trollocs into this, you know, place. It's just they they they. It's as if it was almost like um, it's very different from Shadow Logoth, but it's the same idea that you couldn't drive them in here. It would it would take a whole lot more to do that. And even I Sedai don't go there because they are separated from. They cannot channel um, the power. So. I think it's uh, it's interesting, and and again, you know, Perrin and, and Egwene, they believe this to be like a a legend, right? Like steadings are not something that they, uh, you know, that they've heard of Ogier, they they've heard of the breaking of the of of, of the world and stuff, but uh, again, it's it's legend come true for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about, let's, let's shift over to uh, what's going on with Rand uh, and Matt. So I'm going to go to about chapter 31 here, play for your supper. Um, so again, here you know, these guys too are also, um, I just 
right here, another line here. For a long time after leaving Whitebridge, Rand would suddenly find himself staring back down the road behind them. Sometimes he would see someone who made his breath catch, a tall skinny man hurrying up the road or a lanky white-haired fellow up beside the driver on a wagon, but it was always... Uh, a pack uh, peddler or farmer marking their way to the market. Never Tom Marilyn. Hope faded away as days passed. And so he, that, you know, Rand is always uh, looking behind him, right? He's always, he's, he's always looking behind him. You know, they're just as worried too about what's, what's going on with them. And then you've got Matt who's, uh, he, he seems to say like Matt suddenly starts to act a little, uh, kind of strange a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, as his hand under his coat, he always clutched the dagger from Shadar Logoth when there was danger. Rand was no longer sure if it was to protect himself or to protect the ruby hilt to dagger, right? Like he doesn't want it doesn't want it stolen. Um of late, Matt seemed to forget he had a bow sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, as we talked about last time, he got that he got that uh dagger. Uh and it's again Seems like a pretty awful uh, decision. Uh, yeah, yeah, with that, yep. da- with that dagger. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. It maybe, you know, uh, last time, last time I was starting to think. I, I said, you know, maybe it's some way for Mordith or or s- someone to maybe track them. Uh, you know, which they do talk about a, l- a little bit um, as well. Um, uh, so you know, just just pass that a little bit. You know, no matter what, it looks like a small voice whispered in his mind. You know, this is Rand. Um, it, it isn't really home, even if it gets. Uh, even if you go into one of those houses, uh, you know, Tam won't be there. If he was, could you look him in the face? You know now, don't you? Except for little things like where you come from and who you are. No fever dreams. He hunched his shoulders against uh, taunting laughter inside his head. You might as well stop, the voice snickered. One place is as good as another when you aren't uh, from anywhere, and the dark one has you marked. So, you know, Rand having some internal struggles, you know, with, with the dark one, just as Perrin is, um, we're a long way from home, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest way to describe it. I yeah. mean, just for, uh, yeah, I mean, we're a long way from home. It, it is. It, they need to get. They need to get down that Caneland Road ASAP. Yeah, they do, and that's that's the whole thing. They know, and this is something more. Rain had said earlier is that we're going to trust that they will remember once fear kind of um, you know, once they get settled or once you you get on the way that um, the initial whatever emotions that hit them uh, all being you know separated that sense will come back to them and that they'll be guided to Camelin. They'll remember that that's where we were headed and that's where we should, where we should go. Um, man, I was trying to find this real quick, but it's, um, uh, this is kind of, this is kind of tough. Um, so there's an interesting, something interesting happens in these, in these, I think it's chapter 31 through 34. I'm going to read this, uh, description here there's there's flashbacks inside of these chapters according to and this is i i like the same scene is described several times um and let me go here let me see here let me see robert jordan says let's see so something that Rand says um where is it at yeah it's like the, the the order of events is a little bit uh kind of skewed uh, here it is. Okay. Rand wondered if, if his whole sense of time had been skewed and that's in the last village. Uh, looks like that's in the, uh, that's in the chapter of the last village. Uh, but there's this scene. I'll read it. Um, okay. So I'm going to read the first two paragraphs here. A sudden gust, uh, swirl. This is a uh, chapter 31 play for your supper. A sudden gust swirled, 
uh, road dust up around them, obscuring everything. He blinked and adjusted the plain dark scarf across his nose and his mouth. Uh, not too clean now. It made his face itch, but it kept him from inhaling dust with every breath. A farmer uh, had given it to him, a long-faced man with, with grooves uh, in his cheeks from worry. Quote, I don't know what you're running from, he said with his anxious frown, and I don't want to, you understand. My family. Abruptly, the farmer had dug two long scarves out of his coat pocket and pushed the tangle of wool at them. It's not much, but here. Belong to my boys. They have others. Um, you don't know me, understand? It's hard times. And again, these were scarves that they kind of treasured and stuff. But this same scene happens twice. And I'm going to give a, let's see here. I don't even know who this is. There's no really username for this, but I, I was on a forum. And, uh, well, no, it looks like, no, I can't, I, I don't know what they're. It's not listed, but um, someone posed this question in one of the forums because I, I went digging to figure out why is the same scene described twice. Um, but in the eye of the world, Matt and Rand split. Uh, they split off from Tom at White Bridge, and we're not sure what happens to him, right? They're traveling the Camelin Road. Uh, during that journey, there were two scenes which are exactly the same, uh, even with almost the same wording. These two passages are, oh, here we go. They have them for us. Uh, looks like it's a, it's a play for your supper and the dark waits. Okay, so, uh, Sir Matt, if you want to, it's chapter 33. See if in the mm -hmm. dark waits, see if you find that same description of scarves and, and stuff. But in both descriptions, the farmer asks Rand and Matt who they are running from. Then he says something about wanting to help them, but he can't because he might get in trouble for helping strangers. He feels bad and offers them two woolen scarves, uh, which he pulls from his pocket. He explains that he knows it isn't much, uh, but there's, there is sun scarves, and that's all... Um, and that's all he feels he can give them safely. He wishes them luck. So I wondered, and I, I think I might have mentioned. Yeah, I. This so here yeah. I, I can I can I can pull them both up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So from chat. Uh, what is this? Four twenty page four twenty seven. Play for your supper. Right there at the beginning. I don't know what you're running from. He said with an anxious frown. I don't want. Uh, and I don't want to. You understand? My family abruptly. The farmer dug two long scars out of his coat pocket. Pushed them. Uh, push the tangle of wool at them. It's not much, but here belong to my boys. They have others. You don't know me. Understand. It's hard time. So just what you said, yes. right? Um, then uh, in the in chapter uh, thirty three, mm -hmm. yeah, the dark weights. Um, yeah, yeah. If I was a good man, Mole said, I'd offer a couple of lads soaked uh, to the skin a place to dry out to get warm in front of my fire. But it's hard times and strangers. I don't know what you're running from, and I don't want to. You understand? My family suddenly pulled two long woolen scarves, dark and thick, out of his coat pocket. It's not much, but here. Belong to my boys. They have others. You don't know me. Understand? It's hard times. <laughs> yeah, we never saw you. I mean, it's like identical. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like almost word for word the same, yeah. Right. And, and so to explain, I, I went searching. I'm like, did anybody else, like, you know, come across this? Like, what's going on? And I think it's just a sequence of events thing. He's trying to do flashbacks. He's trying to show that, like, during this time and – Something happens, you know, with Rand. Uh, like it, it seems like, like he and, and Matt, um, they go from village to village to make this short, shorter. I guess they're playing. Uh, they're juggling. They're trying to just earn their keep, if you will. Uh, not sleep out under the bushes. They want to be sort of, whether it's in a bed or just in in, in a loft or whatever. Um, and they're being pursued. And we're going to come across some some dark friends. 
but there's word not too far down the way in Whitebridge that there was a murder draw and that there was this, there's a description even of these boys. And, uh, and so it's like as they move through here, this farmer wants to help, but he can't help too much. And what I learned is, is that it's a flashback scene. Um, although it's not, and they say, this is again, um, where is this? Oh, this is, um, this is on, cheesy cow, Steely Pips. I have no idea what this site is, but it's the only thing I could find where somebody gives an answer. Um, so flashback scene, although not particularly well executed, judging from the amount of confusion it generates. The confusion comes partly from the fact that Jordan doesn't do anything special to mark the flashback, such as using an italic font, uh, like uh, Matt's flashback and of something else later on in the series we won't talk about. Um, subtle changes of verb tense are the only clues. Also, the whole sequence from 31 to 34 contains uh, not only a long flashback, but another flashback nestled inside the first one. And I just think it's meant to be, you know, this is, again, um, a wheel of time. And time and sequence of events here, Rand even saying that everything seemed a little skewed. And it's just sort of this odd moment, uh, and he creates this sort of table. Uh, maybe I'll share this over on Patreon just so folks can kind of see it. But the sequence of events, it's 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 very different. It's, it's like they start talking about their journey on the Camelin Road and this farmer who wanted to loan them scarves. Then they stop and they flash back to a time right after Whitebridge, and he tells a story uh, kind of leading into um, Aryan, like this little village, and then into uh, Four Kings. So, and they end up going to the dancing Cartman with the skinny innkeeper, and there's dark friends there. A uh, guy named Goad is there. So, you know, it's it's uh, that's sort of what we get. We get that whole backstory. And really the big takeaway from that is that they believe when... So, it, first of all, that that we're done with that point, just the idea that there's this weird sequence of events. And I have a, a theory on why he did this and why Rand, in particular, says that his time, time seems skewed to him and things seem kind of, you know, a little thrown off and it's sort of like his way of saying, yeah, I just sort of messed around with that a little bit and went back and forth and it is what it is. Um, it's, a little, it's a little bit of a mystery still, I think, but I have an idea and we'll talk about later in the series when we get more, more information on our characters because I think something happens to Matt and Rand. You know, you, you I mean, Sir Matt, you know that uh, Matt has the dagger and he's, mm -hmm. it's, he's being affected by that dagger. We, we see Perrin is affected by the wolves. And right. Rand is, um, he's got this growing, like, I don't know, burden or something in him. Like like this, uh, he's desperate to get back to Egwene and he wants to to save, you know, the people, in the, like his Two Rivers uh, family and friends by going on this mission. But yeah, he's got this heavy burden too. And he's also trying to help his friend Matt out who seems to be suffering. Uh, so and they're being pursued by dark friends. They just lost Tom. Mm -hmm. Like this is a moment where he's extremely high, like highly stressed and there's no one, there's no Moraine, no one else to lean on. Matt needs to lean on him. And so Rand sort of like is, is elevated into this position where he's got to, you know, um, he's got to keep it all together. So I, it, it's yeah. a, it's a tense moment for him as we get into this. And well, yeah. Well, you know, and it's a real, and real quick, I just want, I just want to pull something up here. Right. Um, so, you know, Rand's dealing with all of this stuff. Matt with the dagger, you know, just a line I, I had highlighted here. I wanted to bring up, you know, just almost out of nowhere, right? You know, they're just like one afternoon, you know, um, you know, it's like it's like 
Matt, they just kind of stop and Matt's like, you know, why are you so anxious to sell it? You know, I found it, you know, don't you think I'd like to keep it? And it's like, what are you talking about? So he's got like this going <laughs> right. on, you know, about the dagger. Um, but then you know, there's a line a little, a little bit further into chapter 31, right? Um, uh, let, let me, re- let me, let me find just kind of the, the best place to, to pull this, you know, dark haired, big eyed and pretty, uh, you know, this is what they're doing with, uh, else, right. Else, uh, grin, you know, um, at them. Uh, and it's, I just think it's funny because then you get to this line right here, you know, as we're talking about parallels and, and what's going on, um, you know, Perrin would know how to handle this. He thought he'd make some offhanded comment and pretty soon she'd be laughing at his jokes instead of mooning around where her father can see. And so, you know, you, it's just, you know, all these all these lines that we see that have these parallels, you know, Perrin is sitting there saying, I wish Rand are here to know how to talk to girls. Yeah. Well, then you got Rand sitting here saying, I wish I knew where Perrin was to tell me to help me talk to these girls. Right. And I think that's another big, uh, big thing. It's you know, it's not just, you know, Moraine's not there. It's 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 always been Matt. Perrin and Rand yeah the three of them the three of them together and sometimes you need that right it's kind of like you know jokingly like it's an Oreo right you've got like you know you got <laughs> the, the two shells with with the, the middle that kind of holds it together and you know once you once you take off one of those pieces of Oreo well then it's no longer an Oreo right yeah, yeah. you know so and but sometimes you need all three of them to kind of balance and complement each other it doesn't sometimes it doesn't work with just two yeah yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You need all the pieces uh, to, to, to make it work. And that's what's interesting about Baalzaman showing up in their dreams, those three, mm-hmm. uh, specifically, and then trying to sort through them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so just a little bit here about uh, some interesting things. As, as they get into Four Kings, and again, they're, they're traveling, they're just trying to make their way. Um, they're looking for an inn. They can't really find one. Finally, the fourth inn they come across is the Dancing Cartman. Uh, and you meet this character who is this, um, let's see, uh, he was a bony man with long stringy hair to his shoulders, uh, turned to a scowl at them. He turned a scowl at them as they came through the door. Uh, the first slow peal of thunder rumbled across four kings. What do you want? He was rubbing his hands on a greasy apron uh, that hung uh, to his ankles. Rand wondered if more grime was coming off the apron uh, or on uh was coming from the apron or on the man's hands. Uh, He was the first skinny innkeeper Rand had seen. Well, speak up, buy a drink or get out. Do I look like a, yeah, do I look like a rary show? Flushing, Rand launched into a spiel he had perfected in the inns before. So he's like, I play the flute, my friend juggles. um, And really just, just, I mean, uh, this character, his name is Hake. um, So he's like, uh, he, he ends up kind of telling them that uh, really it doesn't really matter how good they are or whether they're good at juggling or, or what have you, the lot that's here. This is sort of a grimy, like it's not the best in like all the other ones were full and or they, you know, you, 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 they couldn't get in. So this is like the, their last resort. And that's never really a good thing. Um, and later on, there's a funny thing just sort of in, in all the ends they stop at. Uh, you pay attention to the size of the person running the inn. You know, it's and and try to try to make a connection between whether being fat is a good thing or being skinny is a good thing. I don't know. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, but yeah, he's he allows them to play, um, and and sort of earn their keep here. But when he walks in, 
he notices that Rand has that heron marked blade. Blade. Yeah. Um yeah, and, and, and he's he's also noticing like their flute and and everything else that they ha- they they're just interesting. They're younger, um, and he's got this really, I don't know, devilish kind of look, right? As as he's looking at these two, and and he's promising food, whatever, get up there, do your thing. Um, he's also got his two thugs, right? His two bouncers that that he's that you know are there, and and really, Rand and Matt are desperate at this point. They're desperate. They just need a place to sleep and some food, so. They know it looks shady. They know this guy is is staring them down and looking at their stuff, and it seems bad, but they stick it out, uh, which which I think is is interesting. Um, and yeah, you already brought up kind of the songs and the things that they, uh, so some of those connections that were uh, made to the Tuathon and just the uh, different naming of songs. But yeah, Hake is just not a good dude, and he is, uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of. They go back and forth. They eventually arrange sort of like a, a place to stay. And another character, let me go back to my doc here, shows up. And this is where we sort of get like people are, we, we know that Murdral and Trollocs have been after them, but now we have like an innkeeper who's interested in their stuff. Uh, we have dark friends who kind of show up and seem to be, uh, well, we can assume that they're dark friends, I guess. Well, yeah, well, we'll, I mean, learn more about them, but like they, they're here to to take stuff from them. Uh, there's this character Goad who shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Rand Dream. Let's see. Um, yeah. They, they. Let's see. The time. Oh, and actually, in, here's something funny. Just to sort of prove that that whole sequence of events was uh, like a flashback. This whole what we're talking about here in the descriptions. If you go to the the wiki and if you go to like other places uh, like like uh, Dragon Mount and Tarvalon Library and stuff like that. They all mention that time moves back to the night at the dancing Cartman. So they're they're referencing they're referring back to this night um, when they staggered away in the rain. Uh, Rand dreams that he's back in the Four Kings. He's, he's Four Kings. He walks into the dancing Cartman. Goad is there, um, only recognizable from his clothes. So this guy Goad who walks in has what's he got? Like slippers. It was raining outside. You know it was muddy, but yet he comes in in these soft clothes. Um, looks kind of plump and he has this same sort of look in his eye, the same glint uh, that Hake does. And he's staring at these guys wanting something. So they, they sort of know that, that they're that um, two guys are after him essentially. And yeah. long story short, they, they go up to uh, when, when they're done at the, at the, in the, at the end of the night, they are up there in um, what is almost like a cell. You know, it's like this far back, like down the hall, they're back in this back room. There are bars on the windows. Remember that? There's like there's like bars on the windows, and uh, they're trying to get some sleep. And uh, I think Hake is like they think he's waiting for them to fall asleep so they can come in and rob them and steal their stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was like like they get almost like like attacked, and lightning strikes. Man, lightning strikes and like saves them. So you know that I think that's sort of. Um, it's like, it's like, what caused that lightning to strike? Like, was it just coincidence? Why did it come at this time of need for uh, Rand and Matt? And, and it sort of helps get them away. I mean, what, like we, I, I, I really think it's a part of why everything, the, the sequence, the time is, is, is skewed and why we are doing a flashback and, and dreaming and thinking back to this time where he was, where he was trying to, um, where they were trying to get stuff stolen from them. Whether they were trying to get mm-hmm. to, but the people were trying to steal stuff from them. So 
I don't know. What, what, what did you think? Yeah, you know, um, well, the whole the whole bit with the lightning, right? Uh, it's it's kind of interesting if you if you're just looking at the line because you know they talk about you know they, you always say like light light save us right yeah well kind of did uh in yeah. this in this in this situation right and that's the only light there is at the time you know they, they say like you know there was no light save the lightning right they they can't even see except until there's until there's lightning so I did I did just kind of I kind of made that connection and thought that was kind of like interesting is that they're that they're always saying light save us right yeah and then boom lightning actually literally saves them so light quite literally saves them and so you know nothing uh you know luck right he's he says that the light's own you know is it you know shivering just the lightning right and so it's just i just thought that was that hey, that's kind of interesting yeah yeah it is uh it's it's like you kind of wonder right yeah light save us and then sure as heck it did uh yeah well and then after that i mean we can for right now we're gonna leave like the lightning bit alone I mean, you got There's something mysterious about that, right? There's something. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, is it coincidence? I mean, what's like? It's, it's. What do you think? It's not coincidence that the, that lightning hits and just when they need it. I mean, no, I no, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know what you know what caused it, but, um, you know, I mean, right now it's seeming like in this in the section that we're reading as as we as we're getting further and further, it seems like you know magic and. Um, powers, you know, pairing with the wolves um, are starting to become more and more and more prevalent. And so, you know, I'm I don't know. I mean, I'm sure in some way it's all connected, but I obviously we're not I'm not far enough in yet to find out how it is or or if there is something that's like behind it all or, or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, clearly, you know, I mean, it's 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 not just like, oh, there's bounty hunters after them or there's men after them. You know, the Trollocs, Dark Ones, Fades. Um and you know, there's magic on the other side too, right? I mean, I think that the that the wolves and Perrin, that's definitely going to be a big something going forward. That's not just a coincidence. Uh, and then you know, the, you know, I'm not saying like the, the lightning. I I don't know. I don't, I don't know yet. But I mean, clearly there's uh, something something with it. Well, and here's the thing. I, I know what I can tell you, and I can tell you what I first thought when I was reading this. Because I, I remember very clearly like this happening, and I thought somebody is this. This is just my thought. Um, and I'm like, you know, um, I had several thoughts actually about this. I thought either it's just coincidence or there's something about I, you know, Matt has the dagger and there's some power to that. I thought, well, shoot, you know, like maybe this thing's got some, maybe this dagger's got some extra powers. Um, and then I thought maybe somebody's looking out after them. I, I mean, actually at first, the very first thing I thought when they're all in, all in all the confusion, I thought, okay, these guys that are trying to break the door down and goad and. And hey, can all these guys? I mean, uh, just just all the bad stuff that's that's happening. I thought the dark one is striking, like he's striking at them. We, we've seen him; he's trying to strike and get at them in his dreams. And I thought, okay, maybe maybe it's that. So it's like it could be all sorts of different things, and it's just not we don't know yet, uh, really, really what happens. So we do know that like afterwards, they're kind of dazed and confused. I mean, lightning literally struck right next to them, kind of broke through that. Uh, um, like the, the, the iron bars and into the, and into, uh, I mean, killed, killed the people who were trying to, mm-hmm. um, you know, pursue them or get into their room and they get away. They're ended up, they able to kind of, you know, go can, you know, continue on and, um, they're sick. Rand is sick for a little bit. Um, and, but he's also trying to help Matt and they're both kind of helping each other. Uh, you know, they, they enter a stable and there's a woman who tries to like, um, <laughs> 
she, she lunges for Matt, right? Uh, but her dagger, uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it gets stuck in a post and, and it blackens the wood around it. So then, you know, he has his, his ruby dagger and he ends up, um, you know, right there at her throat. Rand convinces mm-hmm. him not to kill her and instead, uh, they lock her up, right? And she's she's this dark friend. And it's from there, we're going to talk more. We're kind of saving some of the dark friend conversation for not saving, but we're just kind of running out of time. Like, and we'll save it for our extended edition. But these dark friends uh, are starting to get to Matt a little bit uh, to the point where even in the next chapter, the final chapter here, he like accuses somebody of being a dark friend, uh, yeah. and you know, and causing a little bit of a stir in one of these in one of these towns. Um, so yeah, so th- there's a lot of that going on. They just feel constantly pursued. And uh, there's no rest for these guys. But uh, they do get on where we kind of leave them is that they're, they're on the road again to Camelin. Um, they're with another farmer and um, they're, 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 they're being told about Camelin. They're being told about the false dragon uh, who is being brought to Camelin and Queen Morgaze, uh, you know, who has an, who has an Aes Sedai advisor, Elida, uh, a daughter and a son, Elaine and Gawain are there, right? So, yeah, just interesting stuff that's being told to them about this place that they're going, new names uh, that we're getting. Uh, we don't know much about these people or what's going on there, but we know that uh, we're about to go into this major city, sort of the capital of Andor, and we're hopefully going to meet Moraine and Lan and, and, and everybody, the whole crew. But, yeah, they, they, they barely got away from those guys, and it, was, and it literally was the lightning strike uh, from the sky. Uh, and afterwards, there's a bunch of confusion, and there's some sickness, and some dark friends that still try to grab them. Uh, and I, and you can only imagine, like, like Matt, and I'm, I'm, I bet you saw this too. Like Matt seems to be getting more and more paranoid as they mm-hmm. go. Like he's, he's being uh, not driven mad, but I mean, he's just he doesn't trust anybody. Uh, he keeps to himself more. He gives like the right. stares that he was giving people. It didn't. Um, in the two rivers, had he looked at like a villager the way that he was looking at them, oh, you know, yeah. say in the Four Kings, yeah, it would have been off-putting. But like here, I mean, there's just so much going on. They're further into the nation of Andor and uh, along a very busy road, and it doesn't affect them as much. But yet, it was still it's still noticeable. And these two guys do stick out like a sore thumb. So they're I think they're easily tracked uh, for multiple reasons. I'll say that multiple right. reasons. Right. You know, and the other thing is uh, real quick here, just as we as we're kind of finishing up here, uh, going over these chapters, Um, you know, as they're on their, you know, pulling into Camelin, essentially, you know, Rand does is having a, another bad dream uh, just to kind of tie it all in. You know, the very last thing that happens to him is there's a raven that lands on his chest uh, and says, you are mine and then stabs him in his eyes and he like he wakes up. And so mm-hmm. uh, just an, yeah, there's another uh, dream. You know, we keep getting all these dreams. Um, and there's another one kind of so be sure to definitely uh, go over that again if that's something that uh, you're like, oh, we, as we talked about the Ravens and stuff earlier. So, yeah. Um, well, and one, one more thing, too. I mean, because there's so much that we can't like, uh, you know, cover. We'd be on here for three, four hours. Um, but uh, and I, I like this because this is, you know, we've, we've said from the start, this is going to be our our first, you know, this is Matt's first initial just dive into this. We want to get through it, be exposed to it. And eventually we'll come back to all this you know, later on. Um, but uh, we really want to try to get through as m- as much of this content as we can before the show starts and just really get through the series as a whole. It's such a good series. Uh, and we just don't have time on the podcast to do to hit every point. Because, for example, I mean, one of the things that they talk about the eye of the world in these chapters, and I don't want to... Arter, you know, Hawk- Arter Hawkwing. Yeah, Arter Hawkwing was mentioned. And, and sort of like the statue that they see. What does that mean? Like what time period is, is, is that? 
Um, why was his statue sort of like, you know, torn down? Um, or you know, not torn torn down, but like why were well, some of them were. Like like I think Elias talks about that. Uh and then and then Rand is is in a dream, right? He's told that the eye of the world will never serve him. And then he's marked. He marks him, like balls him on in his dream and stuff. So it just uh yeah, he sees what happens to Goad, like this this dark friend. He sees what happens to him and, and what happens when you either fail the dark one or, you know, um, yeah, you, you don't do his bidding or, or, or whatever. Uh, bad things happen. But yet you're, you know, uh, come serve me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't mind what I'm doing. I'm over here, you know, uh, doing these terrible things to this, this servant of mine who failed me. But come come serve me. You, you'll, be, you'll be fine. Just don't, you know. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, it was a lot. I mean, although this wasn't... Um, there's not a lot of like really big epic moments. There's a lot of tension and suspense building. I guess they're being chased, uh, all these different groups, and and, and so well, really, I guess um, Egwene and Perrin, and then Matt and, and Rand. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the suspense is building, and we're getting closer to Camelin, and that's really where we're gonna have a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of really cool stuff happens in Camelin, and so I wanted to stop just short of that. So next week when we get into this, uh, we'll we'll have some have a, have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, man. Well, hey, you want to read one of our uh, messages we have here? We do have a, a message here. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, we let's see here. This is um, yeah, L- Lady Heather Reed actually sent us something. So, hello, uh, Sir Ezra. Um, so when, first of all, I wanted to thank you so much. I'm um, enjoying your podcast. Uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Um, I thought that I would share my thoughts on Mashadar uh, or Mordith. Mashadar is an evil that is not of the Dark One. Um, I believe it started with Mordith's corruption of Eridol people and, and, and feathered there uh, for so long that it took on a life of its own. And I think, yeah, um, we, we, we did talk a little bit just about like, I think we did. I can't remember if we did or not, but we, I think we talked about how uh, Mordith, when he came here to this place, he eventually was, was advisor to the king so this is mm-hmm. again going back to like last week um and again we, we can keep talking about this character for a while because matt has the dagger and that is something that he took from from mordith you know uh and it's it's causing issues as as matt will say yeah. it's, it's, it's not a good thing um no. but but Eric hall yeah like the, the people there um his presence in that corruption yeah it seems to kind of take on a life of its own um i think that is why it cannot spread and Mordith is stuck there. Remember, remember in, when they were down there in that chamber, and there were um, like the treasure. Wait, he actually told them all he wanted them to to do was he was a treasure hunter. He wanted them to help uh, mm-hmm. take some of the treasure just to the border, just outside the city, to where the pack horses were, right? Um, and then from there, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. You know, like like that's it. Then I'll I'll give you guys the rest, or I'll give you whatever I can't carry, uh, or or pack up. It's sort of yeah, like it's like as if he is trapped you know, in that city, because you start to kind of wonder why would he want someone to take treasure, help him transport treasure out of the city, and then why is Moraine so upset um, or or so concerned about whether someone took something? And she snaps, remember that she just snaps on them and wants to know, do you have, did he give you anything? Did you take anything from him? And it's funny because Matt's the one talking and he, you know, doesn't say a word, doesn't say a word. Um so, so yeah, it, it, yeah. So again, I, I agree with her that the pattern is kind of setting this up, you know, for like, that's something that, that Mordith is trying to do. He is trying to, um, lure someone into, it's a trap, you know, take something out of the city. So let's say we know this, right? We know Matt has taken a dagger out of the city 
So what does that mean? Sir Matt, what do you think? I mean, like he's taking a, a, a dagger out of the city. Uh, Mashadar was that fog, that evil fog that was that was moving around, right? And it seems to be, why doesn't it just keep spreading across the entire region or, or, or whatever? Why yeah, is it, seems, it bound to it the seems, city? Yeah, it seems contained uh, yeah. just from what, just kind of from what um, Moraine said. And didn't she actually say that he can't leave this place? I think maybe she, she did. I think yeah. she, I, I, I'm pretty sure she very specifically says that um, in the last. Oh, let me see. I'm, I'm very I'm pretty sure she said that uh, he was he was he was not allowed to. Uh, he couldn't leave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, anyways, these are all great thoughts. And I, I really like, um, you know, just the, the idea of thinking about, like, what is it that. Um, that, that Mashadar is, and because I think I did, I, I think I asked that question, you know, sort of like, like what is it necessarily? And it is sort of this essence or these people who were corrupted and, and, um, you know, uh, like maybe, maybe they, that corruption is, is what that Mashadar, mm-hmm. you know, has turned into. So I don't know. Uh, very interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's more. I, there's some stuff that I, I uh, will not let Sir Matt read in this. In yeah. This, uh, I- you know, yeah, which yeah, uh, that you can you can well, hear you, I, you can hear me well, skipping over something. Well, you I, don't. So. I don't. In the in in our we have uh, Ezra and I have a shared doc, and he's reading this off an email, so I didn't I didn't, I didn't even get to see it. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I guess uh, yeah. some, there, must, there must be a little bit a little <laughs> bit of spoilery stuff in there. So yeah, well, and I like to just to mention that when people do send us stuff, I want you to know that I am reading it, and and uh, I want you guys you know to be mentioned on the show one of the big things that sir matt and i try to do is is we want it to be you know you have a voice this is a place where you can kind of talk to us the book club it's it's a hangout where we can kind of get together and converse and go back and forth on ideas and stuff uh and so and it's crazy because you know i i in talking to heather and responding to some of her comments too on on like on patreon and then i'll, I'll respond to this email i mean it's it is actually so hard i we've never done anything like this first of all we've never done something where i have read the series uh, multiple times now and 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 sir matt hasn't and so it's such a cool thing for me to see mm-hmm. what you're learning and for me to slow down and actually go back and look at this and think oh yeah what what are what are some things that we need to slow down and hone in on um and then also i'm I'm finding all sorts of like foreshadowing and clues that i did not catch even in my third read through i'm just like what you know so you come back to this and you're like there are layers upon layers as you mentioned like like just the color of the paint the fact that in the in Four Kings, one thing I, I I noticed is that I read the line earlier in the podcast where they heard the first sound of thunder rumbling, right? So it's setting up this lightning strike that's going to happen later on, mm-hmm. um, and there's layers to even that, right? Uh, so uh, which which we can talk about, but yeah. So Heather, thank you very much. Um, I love talking about uh, uh, about uh, the series and and, and Mordeth and and the power and it being maybe something separate and. And uh, yeah, just sort of the mystery there, because it's something that Sir Matt did catch on to. And it's something that when we talk outside of the podcast. We, we've talked about uh, on numerous occasions. He's just like, what is this? Who is this? Is this guy? Does he come back? Is he a big deal? Like, did he get out? Is he is is he like we talk about essence transfer? Is he a part of that dagger? You know, the whole the whole thing. So, yeah, really cool. Oh, OK. okay. Uh, um whew. All right, man. Uh, so I guess, okay, yeah, prediction-wise, you know, I guess. Well, we've made it to Camelin, right? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's where I think uh, we're going to be. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think how many, just how many chapters are we covering next time? Next time we're covering, let me see, uh, around nine chapters. Yeah. So obviously it's gonna be Matt and Matt and Rand are in Camelin, but I don't know that it's not. I don't think it's gonna be like everyone meeting up at you know Rivendale uh, to get ready to go out to like on the Fellowship. Um, I'm not entirely certain. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't seem like you know. Moraine and 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 Nynaeve and Gwen and Par- I don't think all three groups are meeting up there. Uh so it is it is possible that they have to move that Matt and Rand have to move on even without them. Um so you know uh, we've been racing to Camelin racing to Camelin but that doesn't necessarily mean we get to Camelin it's going to be safe. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that was, that would certainly be, be interesting. It's like, Hey, we're like, we're okay. Maybe as soon as we get there, we're safe. And then we get there up. Oh, nope. This did not go the way, uh, we thought it was, yeah. uh, <laughs> does it not go the way we, we thought it, we thought it was going to go. Cause it's not like, uh, Nynaeve and, and, um, Moraine are, are there yet to kind of welcome them in. I mean, even if they get there, it's, they're still just strangers in this big huge city and no one knows who they are yeah so yeah, yeah so that so that's kind of what i where i think it's the story's going to go somewhat in that in that direction okay gotcha yeah it's good um do you think we'll see are there any characters who we have seen up until this point that you know we're following our main cast and we know mm-hmm. uh, outside i guess of like matt perrin and rand and Nynaeve and Egwene, lan and moraine outside of those characters are, do you do you see any character who we've come across that we might come across again later on? And I guess right now we're still traveling with Elias. You mean, so you, right, you mean in the in in the in the near like the total future? Yeah, I guess just yeah. like yeah. Well, I mean, I mean in the total future, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some characters I think that we will uh, we will come back to, but certainly anybody that we've run into recently. Um, uh, and I guess it's tough in this because the only new people who we really encounter are like the innkeeper, um, right. and then we encounter like the Tuathon, right? We, mm-hmm. we we come across yeah. them. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, not anybody that we've we've seen like recently. Like, I don't think we're gonna run into Mordeth again for a while. I mean, I definitely we are definitely running into Mordeth again at some point, <laughs> okay. obviously. Yeah, okay, but I don't think it's anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, maybe not even in this book. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. I just, I, I think I, like I, men, it, like I think you will run into men again. She seemed like she was definitely some sort of like giving some sort of prophecy or something. So I, you know, I think she'll, we'll, we'll run into her, um, again at some point, but, uh, but I don't know if, I don't know if anybody specifically anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. So yeah, we'll just kind of, kind of. Let's see, see. Oh yeah. So I've been keeping a part. Well, let's see. The power. St- yeah. So we. Were, I've been trying to keep track of your predictions, right? Haven't I done here? So mm-hmm. uh, Matt predicts that Rand and Egwene will hook up. That uh, still could happen. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still yeah. holding out. You know, they, they just got to get back together. I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. You said uh, I think we're going to learn a lot more about Matt Perrin and Rand. Nynaeve power struggle with Moraine. That's you still saw going that on. Continue. Yeah. That's still going on. Yeah. Okay. And then you know really just oh uh, I'm going to put here you know Camelin maybe that Camelin is dangerous. Yeah. Right. Kind of thinking that. All right. Okay. Yeah. And then the dagger we talked about the dagger too. That... Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Just trying to keep track here of some things and we'll kind of uh, revisit these and see and see how we see how you did. So. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So real quickly, just uh, thanks again, guys. It was kind of a longer episode than I intended it to be, but wow. We, That's uh, okay. Well, once we started getting into the chapter, it's just where we went point by point. And we had things we wanted to pull out and, and talk about. And there's just so much. It's just so epic. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I just have to say, I love these characters and I love the journey that they're on. And I love how... Like, like for me, guys, and I, I, I hopefully you'll you'll join in on Patreon and, and and talk to you know us and and some of the members that are in there because there's such whether you're it's your first time or you've read this many times, I think you can get something out of like the energy. And I wish you guys could. And we're gonna try to read more of our text messages to you guys maybe on the show because there's times where like Sir Matt is reading and comes across something he will just like he'll quote it and he'll send it to me and I'm just like let's go like you like you're there like something new happened uh it's a big deal and and it's super cool and, and we get a chance to kind of discuss in between recordings and then bring that here and it's just it's just so much fun and there's so much to cover but um yeah so it's exciting um so again you can follow us on on twitter at the horn of valir uh our facebook page uh the horn of valir as well uh over on patreon patreon.com forward slash the horn of valir all those links are down in the uh, description and thank you to everybody who is who's gone and given us a review on iTunes. Uh, like we like, like I said earlier, this is different for us. We've never done something where like it's it's uh, it's new for one person and one person's kind of holding back and I'm I'm trying to you know uh, not spoil things because I've already feel like you know God it's so it's actually a big responsibility. I'm sitting here going like shoot I almost spoiled something for you in book two uh, just before we started recording today. Remember that. Absolutely, yeah. I had to I mean, stop like, myself. Well, well and and the, and the tricky part is that, like, I, um, I, I, I'll get to something where I'm like, oh, I think this is happening, but you're, yeah. I put you in this awkward position where you're like, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I've started. Yeah, you can't really say it, right? I've started practicing practicing more of like a just a, a, a I don't know, like a like like, a, like this emotionless sort of like, uh huh, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Almost as of like you did, but then I also want to have that same sort of like energy. But it's when you ask me those specific questions, but yeah, well, whatever. I don't know. Right. Well, I remember, I remember when I got to Mordeth, and I was like, yeah, I, I sent you a text message, and also my brothers, um, who have both read the series a bunch of time, and I'm just like, yeah, I just, I was like, Matt just met Mordeth, or Matt, Matt just took a dagger from Mordeth. Probably not a great idea, and he, and like all three, all three of you, both two, uh, my two, my um, both my brother Jeremy, uh, who's our Aiel, uh clan uh chief, uh-huh, clan chief and, yep. and, and my brother nick uh like all three of you guys are just like oh yeah that's definitely <laughs> like a, yeah a thing. yeah <laughs> like eh, i don't want to don't want to say but yeah it's uh you're obviously right and that there's definitely something going on there yeah. yeah 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 so anyways i hope hope hopefully people will join in in the fun and uh i'm gonna start screenshotting more of those conversations that we have and and uh maybe posting some on patreon just so you guys can have you can see the react. You can see the exclamation marks, like the what? You know, like right. like a, this is a classic Sir Matt, like what is this? You know, you know, you it's could, just, yeah, you you could screenshot my, uh, our text messages and put them in the in the Patreon. It's unfortunate because I, um, you know, with with Ben the Knee, our, our Game of Thrones podcast, and how hang out our Star Wars one. You know, like we're all, I'm not crazy active. We're not crazy active in the group, but we're definitely active, and I'm definitely liking and commenting. Yeah, um, but I can't do that here. Uh, cause everyone's just going to completely spoil it for me. And I am doing, I mean, it's not like the show is out right now yet. So there's yeah, not yeah. like tons of just spoilers out there. Um, and like you, I mean, to, to go find a wheel of time spoiler, I would have to go look for it. It's not like, it's not yeah, like something yeah, yeah. That people are actively really talking about on Twitter right now. Um, so like it's, it's pretty easy to avoid I mean, spoilers. 
Yeah, unless you just do not log into, you know, (laughs) the Twitter account, because every time I'm on there, I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, this is why Sir Matt cannot be on Twitter logged in, because I just scroll down there. I just start laughing because it's a lot of times it's just like jokes and stuff that people are making about characters. I'm like, well, that totally spoils like like what happens to Matt's character or or parent. And you're like, oh, shoot, you know, right. So it's just one of those things like, thank God you're not logged in there. And also I am still on the lookout for dark friends influencing me and influencing Sir Matt. Okay, I know they're out there and I know that they're coming for us. And I think that's all part of the fun. But watch out. I'm a blade master. Okay, it's okay. All right. Well, Hey, we want to thank you guys for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing The Eye of the World, chapters 35 through 44. Uh, And in our extended edition on Patreon, we're going to be discussing Dark Friends and Arthur Hawkwind. Yeah. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a message at thehornavalier at gmail.com. We will see you March 1st, and remember that the grave is no bar to our call. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.